I don't know why I'm always surprised at how super easy it is to use the call-in platform to create podcasts, especially in the style that I do them. As here is me announcing and allowing the public to take part in the legislation of my nation, the dominion of equilibrium, And right now we've got an issue at hand in equilibrium. Let's take a look at what the headlines have to say. <clears throat> I swear sometimes if these things weren't in the freaking headlines, I wouldn't have anything to do with it. Welcome, Vlad. What's going on, bro? How you doing? I, I, got, I got one from you, but I think it's from yesterday, not last week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's possible. Uh, hey, listen, yeah, uh, do you uh, want to you want to come up ahead. and speak and help me with this, or you just want to stay? Yeah, go ahead. Call? Go ahead, bro. Go yeah, ahead. Let me, let me let me do that. Here we go. Hold on for a second. There you go. Thank you. Invitation. No, what, what basically brother. I wanted to was say, Hakeem was. You probably heard in the news of I think it was an Atlanta hospital that got sued. And the, the people that were working there, the employees, they won a $10 million lawsuit, which still has to be approved by another court from what I hear. And it was due to because they had no respect to towards their religi religious exemption against the vaccine. Wow. So they were either let go or whatever. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this. $10 million hurts. That's a shitload of money. It might not be a lot of money to the rich, but that's a shitload of money that I would love to have in my hands right now. God knows oh, what oh, I would do way, with Vlad, uh, My title in this room is uh, Mordecai. Mordecai. All right, Mordecai. <laughs> so, so, so the thing, Mordecai is... I have, to, I have is, to do the role play anyway, okay? No, no, no. got to keep no, up no, my role play. <laughs> you got it. Right. You got it. Uh, so, so my thing is, I would say, wouldn't it be just much feasible to, to, to appease the people? Don't infringe on their rights. Don't be a, 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 an authoritarian. Respect. Yeah. The differences of opinion, respect the rule of law, if, if, if respect the religious freedom, and you would still have more than ten million dollars in the bank. Wouldn't it be just more logical? You know, yeah, you just know, just um, you know. So, so this happened in Atlanta, Georgia. I think it's that's. I think I'm, I might be wrong on the city, but uh, don't quote me on that. But it's it's a no, U.S. Okay. city, and it was a medical facility, a big one. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it owns several hospitals and, okay. and the people just went after they had to and i'm telling so, you we don't go after these authoritarians those trample over us. go ahead brother right so so vlad so the issue is this is that that there were there was a family who practices a certain religion and somehow their religious freedoms were trampled upon and because of this they uh, and you know, enacted some type type of lawsuit, and they won about eight million dollars. You say, ten million over ten million. I think ten point four, ten point seven. Yeah, and okay. it, it wasn't just a person; it was several employees. So they came in as a uh, like like in a class a class action lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. So this is, I mean, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of class action lawsuits happening against a lot of 
major and and, and rightfully so workers. rightfully so i i have no heart for anybody I, I i got let go early in the month uh from nbc universal as a contractor and it was much easier for them to get rid of me and and we were supposed to do 7500 uh, uh monitor swaps and, Wait, and right, computer configuration right this is in California, correctly. Universal yeah, Studios area. In Studio City. I used City. to work over there, too. I used to work over there, yeah. And um, right, not too far I, down the street from me. So Disney is over there, and then not too far down the street, I worked at a place called Original Post and Original <clears throat> Productions, which did uh, Monster Garage, Monster House, and Plastic Surgery before and after. It was a cool show. Anyway, sorry about the cutting in there. And, but I just and, wanted to and share as that. You know, you, as you know, California, my friend, Mordecai, is that, Welcome, is that he, he, here in... Uh, here in uh, in California, they had that. We were contracting. We were supposed to end in, in uh, May. I got let go before, as soon as uh, the variant came in, the last one. And uh, okay. not this, this this last one, but what was Omicron? And they started making such a big deal about it. They, they just talked about Omicron. whoever's not. What happened? Om, it's called Omicron. Omicron. It's a green and, letter. O-M-I-C-R-O-N. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So as soon as, as soon as they told my boss, my boss just said, bloody... You could come back in 30 days, but I'm like, no, um, uh, I'm, I'm going against this shit. I'm not going to put that. Ago. I had already five years working in the pharmacy, sorry, four years working in the pharmacy. And I had to inject, I had to be injected all because of their policy. So I, whether I like it or not, I never used to get sick, but because I worked in a pharmacy, I told them I got so sick the last year. I'm not going through that shit again. I wouldn't doubt so, I got COVID know, in 2019. I don't know what this means, but I'm going to share this story. Uh, and again, welcome, Derek. I saw that you popped in. Um, What's up, Derek? But I don't, I don't know what uh, this means as far as like health or anything like that. But um, I had a client, and she, you know, I still work with her from time to time, mostly telecommuting. But when I was in California and training her, she was. Um, Basically, uh, every she works in insurance, and every year she gets her flu shots. And she asked me if I got mine yet, and, you know, and I told her, no, I hadn't got it. She's like, well, you better get them. Flu season is coming. And uh, she got her flu shots, and then three days later, she called me and canceled our appointment because she got the flu. Whereas I never had a flu shot, and I've never gotten the flu. I get, like, the flu maybe every – or something happens every four or five years. Um, so I don't know what that means or what that has to do with anything. You know, I'm just putting, just saying that because I find it interesting. Uh, I, I, I personally but, look at it. Look, I worked in a pharmacy. I understand. I understand why they encouraged it, but there is a yeah. repercussion with those with the chemicals in 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 the flu shot. There might not be as bad as deadly as COVID. Uh, uh, yeah. co- the, co- the COVID vaccine with the mRNA and all that. I understand, but the thing is, I don't like them pumping me with. With vaccines that have, I don't have nothing. I'll be honest. I haven't gotten the flu since 2019. How's that? Okay. Since 2019, I've been since May of 2019. That was the last time I got the flu. In fact, I left the I left, I left the job on bad terms. I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going back to tech. I'm going back to caregiving. To screw you guys. And that's what I did. And and but I got tired because I was getting so sick with people that are sick. There's no there's no glass uh, pane to cover you like they do in the uh, government hospital or clinic. Okay. Nothing. 
So you are know, you telling me you didn't feel safe inside where you're working either? Like like safe from... from in, in a non-lefty, progressive way without saying, oh, I need a safe thing. None of that bullshit. Again, I did not yeah. say I felt safe nor hygienically protected against my health. I got exposed. And there's just some people that walk in there. And, you know, they're sick. It's, they don't know any better. They just got to cover up or wear a mask. Yeah. And mask, you know, if you're going to put masks, you get, that's the best place to do it. And who are the sure. to all that shit? It's 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 the people at the receiving end. It's the pharmacist. But first, it's the pharmacy checks and clerk. And I just said, you know what? This is bullshit. On top of having to deal with the nastiness of people, especially on low income, yeah. those were the worst kind. People on government what? benefits, man. You know what's so, interesting is that for some reason I've managed to be in places and to completely avoid all of the really harsh lockdowns that everybody seems to be talking about. I feel like it's so weird. Like, I don't know why, but I'm not having any of these issues. Like, nowhere that I go, nobody's. I, I would like to know more. How the hell do you do it? Please share. Share the. I world. mean, I don't know. I was. It was when. I mean, I was in you know, Virginia Beach and Florida and California and China and Taiwan and like so many different places. And I've somehow, I mean, I remember when I was in China, I remember there was only a, a short period of time where I was, I felt like there was any restriction, but it was just only because most of the, 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 the places to shop for food were closed at, at, or not closed all the way, but at some point in time they were, but then there was a time when they were just had limited hours. So and I'm a sh I'm an everyday shopper. I, I go and buy what I'm going to eat that day to cook or whatever. So I go out every day, and I think maybe that you, might you, have been you the want only your, thing. your your food fresh. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just like getting outside. But um, anyways, uh, hi Jonathan, welcome to uh, the room. So I would so here we go. I am Mordecai, the leader of Unique Equilibrium. Vlad, did you have anything else that you wanted to add that you were talking about there before we uh, put the hammer down on these people in the nation? Uh, all I'm saying is if, if this is going to, like we were speaking about earlier, that $10 million lawsuit, if this is going to be the way, then good. Let it be. And if businesses are going to close, the ones that were that that took uh, authoritarianism, uh, fascism into their own into their own hands, without thinking that the government was going to be on uh, and abusing and going against the constitution, going against civil liberties, then you know what? Let them sink to the ground. Let them disappear. We don't need businesses like that. If new ones will flourish, that will not be the same. Nerf, nerf. God, God, God bless them. I just leave it at that. Good talking to you, brother. Snarf, snarf. Thank you, Vlad. Snarf, snarf. Right, people. There's a uh, an issue here on nationstates.net in my dominion of unique equilibrium. The nation it says rocked by rolls, fatal roll. Now, I don't even know what that means. So I kind of briefly looked over it, but I didn't read over it. So you guys are going to get to see live here. Maybe Vlad or Derek or Jonathan Schnarf. One of you guys will help me make a decision on this. I'm going to post the debate in the live chat so you guys can see what's going on. So here is what's happening. The issue is a low-level bureaucrat was recently found murdered after re after rejecting a retired homeowner's request for a construction permit. And this is in the description here so you can read along too. During the subsequent court case, the homeowner admitted that she found their address in the public voter rolls which has shed light on the security threat that they may pose, especially to government officials. Oh, now I see what they mean, roles. It's voter roles. Voter roles exposing people's 
public information. Interesting. Okay. So that's what Unequilibrium rocked by rolls, fatal rolls. So it's the voter, the voter rolls, the public voter rolls. So it's a security threat. Uh, government officials. Okay. Well, then let's see what the uh, debaters are saying here. So I'm going to grab and copy the first debate so that you can see it here in the chat as I read it. So let me go ahead and grab that first with this issue here. Huh. Unequilibrium rocked by rolls, fatal roll. Now I get it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. All right. Now I have to deal with this crap and read about this. All right. So the debate. The first person says, and I quote, Mordecai, we are all in danger, exclaims Bjork. Uhura, a bureaucrat in the Department of Administration who has not left the building since the trial. Any psychotic pizza cultist can go down to City Hall and get all of my personal information with no repercussions. I cannot possibly imagine being able to continue in my position without an escort at all times. It may be expensive, but can you really justify price over a murder? all because I rejected someone's request to build an airstrip in their backyard. Okay, so apparently this is another government official. Let me put that in the chat here. Who wants to basically uh, let the government pay for them to have a, a chauffeur and maybe uh, some kind of private security? All right, I don't know. I'm not to totally against that. It doesn't seem so bad. I mean, I'm kind of all in the whole security Thing. I'd like to see more of that nation being strong, but we'll see. I don't know. Does might really make right? The second person says, we are incapable of assigning security to every paper pusher who works in Mordecai, size chief of police, Gruffid Klaus, taking a black marker to some recently filed incident reports. Why not clamp down on the accessibility of voter rolls? by restricting public access to groups that actually use them, such as political parties and researchers. Wait a minute, what? Okay, I'm going to have to read that again in a second. Not every Joe, Dick, and Harry needs to know my address, my phone number, and especially not my salary. Okay, I see what he says. Why not clamp down on the accessibility of voter rolls by restricting public access to groups that actually use them, such as political parties and researchers? Got it. Got it, got it, got it. All right. So he just wants to restrict it, okay, to those people. So let me copy that. That's number two. Who's the person who says that? Chief of Police, Gruffid Claus, or Gruffid Claus, or Gruffid Claus? Gruffid, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Claus because it's, it's spelled like Santa Claus. Gruffid Claus? Where do people get these names from? It's kind of a cool name, but I don't have a name like that. All right, so that's in there. So let's see what the third person has to say uh, about this here. And then we're going to make a decision on what's going to go down in the dominion of Unequilibrium. Public officials should snarf, snarf yourself. Snarf yourself says... Uh, um, public officials should have no privacy as long as they draw a public salary. Hmm. All right. 
snarf bringing it in the real see uh so one of the also the things about this nation states is that it actually as snarf is pointing out it actually brings to light issues that are going on into the world and, and has us thinking critically about it even though it may be in sort of a you know a role-playing and, and comical bit of a way so it uh it, it, it's very interesting how these issues come up here and uh it's a lot of a lot of fun to see how they go down all right the, the third and last one this person the third debater says don't be ridiculous the people have a right to know everything trills lucy jones a litigious anarchist who recently sued a judge for pounding the gravel incorrectly if some rookie cop slips up, I should be able to take them to court. Not that I've done anything wrong, of course. The most private activities of every employee on the government payroll shall be made publicly available to all. Well, this seems kind of in line with what um, Schnarf was saying. Schnarf was uh, saying... Uh, no, schnarf yourself, because my name's not really Mordecai, but I am uh, making decisions on his behalf. No, it sounds real. Like I was, you know, saying this. So this is, uh, I know people coming in here. I'm a confusing man. <laughs> yeah, why is an anarchist in court? Right, so this is the on nationstates.net. There are links here uh, to the podcast. And um, you will uh, be able to see. If you go there and search my nation of equilibrium, which is named after this or one of my rooms and also my company in real life, there's a whole intertwined thing. But yes, that's a good question. Stuff. Why is there an anarchist in court? So those are the three debaters. Uh, Snuff brings a good point. The, the anarchist, though, is saying what you said. A litigious anarchist, right? Sure, Dare Bear says. <laughs> exactly. So these things are kind of ridiculous in, <laughs> in what the people are saying. But I'm gonna. I, so, but here's the thing. What I'm, yeah, maybe it was an Allison. What I'm, what I'm attempting to do here is make the decision that is going to keep my my nation of equilibrium. Um, militarily powerful and cash rich like not you know definitely not have any debt and have all the citizens basically be taken care of right now on nationstates.net it's classified as an inoffensive centrist democracy i don't even know what these designations mean maybe you guys could help me out but that's what it's called by uh, nationstates.net like if you click on one of the links the dominion of equilibrium You'll click on it and you'll you'll get to see uh, how they're how it's laid out and how it's described and every decision that's made here in these uh, with these issues results in changes in how the the nation is described. Hello, Edro. So um, I'm just going to take a quick look at them again in here and let's see what. Uh, um, so. The site. Why am I so? Snarf asked, "Why? <laughs> why are you on this site?" Um, well, which side are you talking about? Are you talking about Colin, or are you talking about 
the uh, nation states, Snark. And you are more than welcome to call in or to come and speak, whatever you like. Um, but the reason is, uh, first of all, so all of it. So awareness, awareness and communication. So there are a lot of uh, different initiatives and uh, issues that I'm involved in uh, on a grassroots level, so to speak, pounding the pavement, uh, just doing things on my own out here, trying to get certain things done. And uh, while I'm in action to bring awareness to certain things that I'm doing, I um, often uh, use creative endeavors to bring people in. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, I read a few books, Snarf. I've read most of the thousand books that are in my five by 10 stores unit. Not that it's a bragging thing, but I maybe perhaps don't read the kind of books that you do. Maybe you know things about politics, whereas I know nearly nothing. I know about physics and I know about fitness and I practice martial arts and I play various musical instruments, but politics is that hasn't found a, uh, any space in my brain as much as I would like, like it to. And, um, one of the ways that I practice things is actually by getting things done, um, on a, on a, uh, on a personal level by actually, you know, going to meet with attorneys and then members of the local government, like, city council and then going to Congress, things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Sort of read something other than what you just read. You mean like what's on nation states or one of the books in my, you know, I, I, t I actually just started reading science fiction cause I've never read much fiction before. 99% of my library has been, uh, nonfiction. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you're referring to there. Anyway, I'm going to make a decision on these issues here and see what happens. So, low-level bureaucrat was murdered. Does a, does a privacy issue people seem to think? And so, I'm going to make a decision here. Let's see what would make it. See, don't be ridiculous. Uh, people have a right to know everything. And then... That's what the uh, Lucy Jones, who is a litigious anarchist, right? Um, yeah, you go do that, Snarf. Go give your hamster an abortion. When you're in a science fiction room, you can do whatever you want. All right, so uh, let's see. Uh, the number two, let's see. The chief of police, Gruffid Claus, uh, wants to clamp down on accessibility. Let's be more private. I want everybody to know. And then Bjork Uhura, bureaucrat in the Department of Administration, is paranoid. Uh, basically says that we should, have, we should increase security for individuals. All right. Well, that's... It's interesting. Increase security. Okay, so we got one person who wants to increase the privacy and restrict access to only people who need it. 
another one wants to uh, increase security around individuals if their information is going to be um, publicly available. And then, oh, what was the first one? Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, so one wants to completely restrict privacy, one about, uh, about higher security, and one making everything available. I don't know. Those don't seem like they have very many, uh, nothing, nothing's popping out or sticking out to me. It's making me excited about making a decision. Vlad, uh, what do you think? Or Derek, Jonathan, Schnarf, Edro, I want to call in. Um, either that, I'm going to dismiss this. Um, I'm over here 25 minutes. But that's also because Vlad, Vlad came in and uh, and brought up a, a case that's going on with uh, a family having their religious freedoms trampled upon and winning some like $10 million or something like that. So um, Actually, there's several families, but it's more like the employee of that hospital. Okay. Okay, gotcha. So I'm... I got to look it up Okay. Well, that's that's well, that's good. So at least you bought the the topic up. So if anybody listens and they want to actually go look into that or read about it, they can. I'm gonna do that myself, actually, because I don't watch the news or read it at all. But unless every once in a while, you know, I hear something like this. So thanks for that. Um, hmm. I wonder if I should dismiss this issue. Or take a stance on it. I don't know. I feel like if I increase my uh, security, it's also going to give a bolster to my uh, to my military and police, which is kind of something that I want. Um, you know, this Mordecai, as the ruler of Equilibrium, has to uh, kind of keep a firm hand on things. So. Uh, so we're not gonna, we're not, yeah, I don't know. We're all in danger. She's paranoid, can't ignore, she wants an escort at all times. So I could respond to that. North Shore uh, University Medical Center. North Shore University? North Shore University, yeah. And what's the amount? 10.3 million. About 10.3 million. So, so North Shore University, they have a medical facility there, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes, correct. And then the, and then the families of people who are employees at this medical medical facility had their religious rights violated because the the hospital didn't recognize their religious exemption from vaccination. Correct. Correct. And so. But then they sued, and, and, and this group of people, these families and the people with these religious beliefs, then won $10.7 million or more collectively. Yeah. Okay. All right. So well, it was I mean, only 14 workers, employees. Okay. I got it. Well, it does set a precedent. I was going to ask you about that. 
Like, what do you think about stuff like this happening? What do you think it means when you see something like this, you know? I it's sure not... hope so, because this is the only way we're going to be able to beat the authoritarians in, in, uh, in corporate America that try to violate people's uh, essential civil rights, you know, driving civil rights, yeah. and, and, you know, beat them down. That way they'll think about it twice. Like, remember... And the lockdowns were going down, and the mass mandate, and OSHA lost uh, through, you know, through the Biden administration, it, 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 it lost at the Supreme Court. OSHA was not able to, you know, be OSHA being uh, occupational safety and health uh, administration being able to, to implement uh, mandates and, and, and vaccines and all that. It, it lost that power because it doesn't it never had that power. That's not its function. Yeah. And uh, this, those that company, I think it makes a, it makes a particular type of gene. I don't know. I won't say it's Dickies. It's in Michigan. Uh, okay. So you said, and, you said a company and, makes it, it a makes gene. particular types of hard, hard, hard uh, clothing for construction okay. workers, people in Alaska. So they were the ones that were talking all this madness that they were going to still implement their own shit. So for that type of business, I believe that these types of lawsuits will make them think twice. Of all the bullshit that's coming out of their mouth before they start imposing self-imposed uh, laws, that just because the, yeah, the, the federal government wasn't able to give it to you or the state, I'll a, put my that's own. That's a different situation, don't you think? That's like the OSHA thing is like categorically different than than exactly. Like, but you still but, think but, it's something that cross that will have some kind here, of crossover here in in California, the, the LA County. Supervisors were giving such a hard time to Sheriff Villanueva, who's coming up for election, and who they're trying to bring in uh, a, pro- a proposition to depose them. A uh, fully elected county county official, a fully elected sheriff that is elected every four years by the will of the people, and the county supervisors didn't like it because this man is a Second Amendment man, and he stands up for people's rights, and he said it very clear: I will not be going around enforcing your mask mandates. In other words, every person you see without a mask walking down the street, I'm not going to be telling them they have to wear one, nor my yeah. nor my officers. 3,000 sheriffs were, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure if they already let them go, but they were giving the power to the human resources, which power was vested in the sheriff of, uh, of uh, Alley County, Sheriff Vianway. So now they were going to fire 3,000 greatly needed and shepherd, she, sheriff deputies, all because they didn't want to vax. That kind of shit has to go. And if the county has to be sued and the people have to lose their job, great, let it be. Complete garbage, honestly. But, but all that, implement, we've claim, never had that in America like that. Yeah, but the claim is that it's being done for human health and safety. Yeah, but shouldn't I be able to do? Isn't it my body, my choice? What happened to that phrase? My body, my choice. Now it's my body, uh, their choice. Well, I mean, wasn't there recent legislation that confirms that about women's? Oh well, yeah, but that that, that was the issue that was used. I mean, women could use it for regarding abortion, and that's gone. People still have a right over their bodies in regards to choosing what medical procedures goes into them. They if they choose to be so, so, so if, if their conscience enables and you know and to use all their their faculties and be able to make a a, a, a judgment in decision. But that hasn't that hasn't been that way in a long time. Holy shit! Damn, that was loud. 
It's, a, yeah, it's, an, it's an automatic toilet that I, that I passed by here. What do you mean? It's, um, right. it's happened to me, too. Somebody asked me one time, did you go to the restroom? No, I just threw something in the toilet, then I flushed it. Yeah. No, it's just an automatic toilet in a, that, in a public restroom. I'm walking out of right now. Um, but at least we have public facilities like that. We can wash out, get rid of the filth of, of some of these crazy ideas. Hey, but so listen, how, how though, you know, there, there are a lot of people who really firmly believe that all these mandates are helpful. Like, I mean, for example, you know, um, one thing that gets like, I get, I don't know why, but it get, actually makes me really angry and I'm going to actually do a little show about this, but it makes me really mad that people still cough into their hands. And a lot of people do it. I have friends that do it. I've seen family members do it. A lot of people do it. Joe but, Biden does it. But what about the it. ones that cough on their, on their arm and it's all over them? They're walking all over the place. And they think right. now, they so, cough on their arm? Yeah. So now this is another one. You see people coughing in their arms and sleeves and a lot of people hug each other. So, you know, it's like, where, where do we draw the line what's the most appropriate thing to do is it coughing in your hands and then washing your hands every time or coughing into your sleeve a lot of people seem to think that it's the coughing into your arm your sleeve or your shoulder is better than coughing into your hands and then your buddy comes That's over a, and pats you on the shoulder hey what's up buddy and gets it all over his hand without you remembering you coughed on it half hour ago. Right. And you left it yeah. over whatever you left there. I mean, that's disgusting. I know. I, I mean, people need to be more alert and more conscientious about these things and take uh, more, more better measures to... to not but look, I think that... People. I think that people would be a lot more sick if there was something more deadly or dangerous going on because people in general were just filthy. Like, people are just touching all over everything and coughing all over everything. And, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff like this all the time. And I, I look at it, uh, Mordecai, as if, if it's your time to go, it doesn't matter how, how, how much you, uh, how much pills, how much vitamins, how much minerals, herbal, how well you eat, you're going to go. I, I, look, I look at life like that. If you're going to go, you're going to go. There's no hands if or but. You know, you have no control over your life. Even with this new transhumanism that's in the future, you know, apparatus to try to... Well, I wouldn't say you have with, no control yeah. over your life, Vlad. That's a little extreme. Yeah. No, it, that, what I mean is in the sense of you, you cannot determine when you're born and you cannot determine how, how you, what race you were born into, what country you were born into, what ethnicity you were born into, and you cannot control the day you die. It doesn't yeah, matter how good you took. You I mean, can control the day you die. Haven't you ever heard of die. this, Hakeem? I mean, you can time, control you the day you die. Haven't you ever heard of suicide? Well, yeah, but have you have you also heard of the of suicides that go wrong and the person lives, but now they're all messed up. You know, you yeah, know how, how people certainly... have this famous saying of saying, "Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger." No, whatever doesn't kill you can leave you stupid. Stupid. It can leave you all messed up. A fall from the bridge, you survived it. You, you'll have a fractured body or quadriplegic. Yeah, you survived it, but now look at how you're, how, how you are now. And you wanted to die. I mean, if you're gonna do it right, I mean, do it right. But unfortunately, it doesn't always come out, you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> call it God. Call it an act of. of oh, of, uh, that's of, of that's danger, a little that's a little you know, a little beside the point. But I get what you're saying, and I was just countering. Um, <clears throat> but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, 
But but, 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 um, what what I mean is, for those that are not suicidal, when you die normal, and I don't mean, oh, you got to die of something, you know, cirrhosis of the liver because you you were an alcoholic or drug drug abuse or hepatitis or whatever the thing, right? Whatever, for everybody, the the, the people that are the normal people, okay? Or in Schnarff's turn, when somebody accuses them of being a normie, there's nothing wrong with being a normie. Uh, Normal thinking people that do not abuse their body, they're not into vices, they don't kill themselves. and they get to live to to to, to live uh, into uh, an old age of in the seventies. They look like you made it, and but you weren't able to go beyond it. You could did you did okay? You did made it ninety or hundred whatever. God bless you. If you did it, well, but there's a fine. there's a different reason for doing things like eating a certain way and exercising a certain way than living longer. It's the quality of life while you're alive. Well, like, for example, well, the fact the that physical, I can... It's the mental, the well, psychological... Right, of course. But, you see, that's what I'm talking about. See, I teach martial arts. And I practice martial arts. And I have for, like, 30 years. It's actually even more than that. But I'm 44 years old. I'll be 45 this year. And I'm still doing backflips with ease. Like, 540-degree spin sideways in the air. And doing five five-minute rounds of kickboxing and wrestling and all kinds of stuff. And I ride my bike 120 miles on the weekend, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I ride 40 miles each night on my bike. And so, like, it feels good to be able to do those kind of things and to know how to get your body to be able to do those things easily. So I understand what you mean that, like, no matter what you do, pills, this, that, that transhumanism, it's not going to make your people live longer. You're all going to die sometime. But how you live is pretty awesome the way that people can do it. The the quality of relationship, the the way you think are you a pessimist or optimist? Are well, you hopeful? These or are things you hope- don't always hopeless? Yeah, these things don't always go hand in hand and then all the same. These things have to be addressed uh, individually. For example, I have been recently very depressed up and down in the past three years. <clears throat> Extremely depressed and even suicidal thoughts in the past three years. But there was something and interestingly enough that something is physical fitness practice and training and exercise that my mind my psychology developed a dependence on that drew me back into the world of the living and being enthusiastic and thriving rather than just barely surviving and being depressed and drinking myself to sleep and all that stuff because i'm psychologically conditioned to do those things which happen to release all different types of wonderful chemicals in your brain the you know, the endorphins in your body and in your brain all different kinds of neurotransmitters and and hormones that your body loves to be bathed in and exercise does this and not only exercise but knowing how to do the different exercises and being disciplined like it's it's fascinating to me as one of the things that i do um is as a as a fitness trainer what happened to you Vlad so one of the things I do is as a fitness trainer and as a fitness trainer uh, I I'm constantly amazed at how people how many people don't exercise correctly and actually can do things to hurt themselves so it's very necessary having a, a coach my point being that these type, these different forms of education of knowing exercise science to a certain degree 
and practicing it for years. So first of all, you have something of an intellectual endeavor where you have to read about and then understand and then apply what you know as a fitness trainer or a, a sports trainer, athletic coach, doing strength and conditioning or fitness training, regular personal training. Uh, most of the clients are, most of my clients are over 50 years old. Um, most of them actually are over 60 years old. A couple of them are set over are over 70 years old. And all of them have been able to restore a high level of functionality um, much better than before because of training in a certain way. So they're increasing their their quality of life rather than just the length of it. Because they've already got there with all the medical science and everything like that. People are living longer anyway. But it's now more about how are you living. And, you know, a lot of the stuff about how people are living is really um, dictated to us. Hey, Rudy, is dictated to us by politics, the politics of the subconscious mind that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. And myself as a hypnotist, who's also spent my years working in hypnoanalysis, analyzing all the thing, all the messages, the marketing, the communication, the politics from a hypnoanalytic perspective and looking at that a lot of these things that uh, people are having to deal with um, are and their physical health and their bodies and something that you know people you know anything that has to do like with this these families at the the medical center people's rights and people's uh, health and their mind is going to be violated or uh, imposed upon un unless somebody says something and most people are just conditioned not to say anything at all and to, to continually accept more and more rules and regulations that are unnecessary and actually seem even punitive to the general population but um, but you know the uh, on the physical health side it's amazing that you're right too something that you mentioned is is that there has to be not just a physical, but the, the, the psychological, mental, and spiritual. And yes, you'll see that there are quite a lot of people who are extremely talented and skilled at things. Um, one of the examples that I use because it's very close to me because I grew up listening to the music from this amazing singer is Chris Cornell, who was super famous, at least in fans of, of some pop and grunge music, um, who had an amazing voice, like one of the best voices ever that you could ever hear, uh, who I first heard him in a band called uh, Temple of the Dog. Um, and uh, he and Eddie Vedder from the band Pearl Jam got together with other members of their uh, respective bands, another band I think called Mother Love Bone or something like that, and did a tribute album to uh, the singer of one of those bands who died from a heroin overdose. Welcome, Martin, to the room. And uh, Chris Cornell supposedly was on stage, and you know his, his wife went to him and said, "How are you doing? You seem a little bit off." He said, "I'm just. It's just a little bit, maybe a medication." mixed with something else or I took too much of something and then later after a successful show you know hangs himself in his hotel room and uh, you know the man beautiful voice great music he's relatively popular famous you could even say not a lot of tabloid stuff not in the news a lot doesn't seem to have you know uh, any issues going on publicly uh, just doing the rock star thing 
um, lots of dark and cryptic messages in music, which upon later examination might reveal something, but kills himself, right? Now, there could be something said about the medications that which a lot of them uh, actually uh, start to conjure up suicidal ideation. And there are lots of uh, reasons for that, which I'll get to later if I remember or if somebody wants to know about that, the mechanism by which that happens. But so then Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park sings the song Like a Stone at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, where Chris Cornell is buried. Um, interesting side note. I recorded the song at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery directly based off of Fell on Black Days from Soundgarden, which Chris Cornell was the singer of, and the song is called Haunted. And I recorded it on acoustic guitar at that cemetery, and it was also about death and dying. Of course, well, it's a cemetery. Whatever the kind of songs you record in the cemetery. Anyway, um, he sings the song Like a Stone in the cemetery, and then uh, the, the following year, on Chris Cornell's birthday, he also... Uh, commit suicide. Now, I don't think to some people it should have been a secret, um, but uh, yes, I'm going hungry. Hunger Strike, yes, that was one of the great songs. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, the, all of his songs, he was like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with me? I've given up, you know, but nobody seems to care. You know, uh, I've tried to give you warning, but nobody's listening. One step closer to the edge, and I'm about to break. It was in the lyrics, you know, on the outside looking in, I could see what was coming. Uh, but because that's how that's all of my music is like that. But the reason one of the reasons why I really got so much into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and those bands, uh, you know, Alice in Chains and then even the later hardcore and death metal bands like Sepultura, especially the ones with really penetrating lyrics was because I felt a lot of ways very close to what those things were, what those singers were expressing. Um, but again, uh, Vlad, upon, on the, the health side of everything, so yes, you know, you could be successful, you could be physically successful, materially successful, um, and physically healthy and still end up wanting to kill yourself. Um, but it happens to a lot of people for various different reasons. We all handle things in different ways. So, yes, you have to have a lot of things going on in your life, one of which is a support system of other people so that... I just know that if people are left alone with these ideas, it doesn't end well. So... A support system for people and constantly being there and understanding may or may not help. It, but, you know, I've been just recently saw a story on LinkedIn. You know, this woman was talking about her brother. She put it out there that he's been struggling for 20 or so years with bipolar. And he killed himself. So you never know. You know, uh, I noticed the trend with suicidal people. It's, they tend to be, when it comes to, they, they tend to be not only very narcissistic, but very extremely selfish. If life is not about them, they live like self-entitled, very shallow world. And they rarely have any friends. They could have been very successful, talented. But if you have very shallow relationships, people you do not cultivate beautiful relationships. Not only girlfriend, but guy friends, just man-to-man friends, buddies. And a variety of friends, and you tend to, to be social and, and like to at least go to parties or birthdays and get-togethers. 
and really open up and have fun with you. We're not just about drinking or doing all that shit. We're joking around, yeah. Not, but I mean, about really hanging out with people, going hiking, like you said about biking, going biking with your pal. You know, having brunch on Sunday, maybe after church service or whatever, or whatever you're into. And what I'm saying, if you do not open up to people, these are the people that shut down so badly, and, and they're so proud that they don't want to yeah. let anybody in. Yep. And well, I, you know, I have a situation. Go ahead. I, I just have a quick, I have a hypothesis about this, and it's just, if you just think of it about this analogy, the same way that people take medications on a regular basis, like they have to take it every 24 hours or every so often in order to deal with their bipolar or their whatever, right? In the same way you go to the gym or ride your bike or play some music or do something every so often in order to, to manage your stuff. Because it's not going to, it doesn't, it's not like you're going to go to the gym one day and get muscular and fit and then you stop and your problems are all going to go away. No, just like the medications, people have to do these other things over and over again every day for the rest of their life if they want to feel a little bit better and, and not be suicidal. But it's a hypothesis, not even a theory yet, right? It only works for me. It's an anecdote. I don't know who else it could work for, but it sure seems like people should be looking into this. I mean, looking into, like, for example, I have a friend right now who just had a mini stroke. Great intellectual, a philosopher type, erudite, scholar. And now he lost his memory. He's, uh, he can't synchronize his thoughts like by, by time. He can't remember well that his mom's gone. He has to be retaught a lot of things. Thank God he wasn't left like uh, most people that have a stroke that aren't able to move the left side of their body or anything. But my buddy, as it is, he was already a hard person to deal with. Very irascible, petulant impatient, and asshole sometimes. I had to deal with them. Sometimes I had to grill them. I, I don't like doing that to my friends, but I grill my friends. When you love them, you grill them, and they'll grill you back when you're doing wrong in life, right? Um, I, I, now I can't even, I, I don't know where, where I'm going to see my buddy. Now his sister has to take care of him 24-7. He can drive a car. He has a brand new Harley 883 motorcycle. What is he going to do? Most likely he's going to have to be on some kind of uh, social security. We can't go back to work. He's only 53. What happens to my buddy? I care about him, and I want to see him. The problem is I have to watch the conversations we have because we could be having a, a good five-minute conversation about here and now and something you remember. That he'll throw something of dead people that he thinks they're still alive. That's kind of crazy. I've never dealt with anything like that, Mordecai. I've never dealt with anything like that necessarily, at least where I'm like, I want to go visit my friend, but... What kind of conversation am I going to have with my buddy? He thinks he's there, but little does he know what he's doing until he's, he's told, hey, your mom's dead. Or, you know? Hey, Derek. Listen, Vlad. Derek says, here come the shitty religious-based commentary. Awesome. Thanks, Vlad. <laughs> oh, awesome. my God. You guys are the best, man. You guys look at this. are the best. All right, anyway, uh, listen. Uh, you know, go ahead. So, but... Um, all right, though. Uh, the thing is, is um, my my point is though, again, once again, that I I don't think that there's any like one truth, even the truth that there's not just one truth, because there might be one thing. There might be one thing that somebody can do, right? That that'll clear up all these mental illnesses. Who knows? You know, there's like there's supposed to only be you know one truth. We're all one, da, 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 da. even physicists are chasing for the unified theory of everything, right? And all of this. Anyway, um, but 
there are various things other that are more mundane other than like something that is like something that is so powerful like religion and the established medical and pharmaceutical communities and the government there are things that people can do like grassroots things one of the reasons why i work as a personal fitness trainer and as a self-defense instructor where i can be with people one-on-one -on -one and transfer knowledge and information and understanding directly to them that becomes contagious and spreads throughout the communities that they're in like a, a positive meme you know like like uh Welcome to the room, Jed. I saw you there a little bit ago. Um, you know, like, uh, for example, the Human Genome Project was carried out. And now that then they went on to do the Microbiome Project, which was showing all, all of the different microorganisms that live in, on, and around the human body. But a lot of them are positive and are needed for our growth. You know, it's an it's a ecosystem that is, a, that is symbio symbiotic. Um, anyway... There are so many things that you can do on a, on a level of just one-to-one -one people that all of the talking and all of the politicizing and all of the voting and all of this other stuff just doesn't do. That changing people's health in one person in the household, like a head of household, like a mother or father or both of them, and how that then reflects upon their children and how their children start going to the gym and how they start making better choices and how they start eating better food and how they start living a better life, which because their bodies are healthier and they're putting better food into their body, their brains are thinking better, they have less stress, they're sleeping better, they're able to do more, they have more endurance, they're making better decisions, they seem to have more time, they seem to be taking less medications. Now, these are not me making claims or anything about what people should do with their doctors. And now go see your doctor and take whatever gack you want. Okay. All I'm saying is that there's things that I've seen that on a personal level, as someone who teaches people self-defense and healthy living, is that those things right there that you can transmit that don't have to go through any of that other stuff is really just as valuable as all those stuff. Like it's a, it's sort of a very, uh, it's a local person to person grassroots uh campaign <laughs> mordecai mordecai I hold on that for a second wait 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 i have to read this from Doug before <laughs> but and i'm gonna let you go but okay bubbly fubbly hi all uh hi all that's um <clears throat> uh, jed uh, derek once again says check me out god i'm totally giving hell to all those people who are suffering so bad that they turn to suicide I hope you're paying attention, God. I got your back, yo. Sincerely, Vlad. I don't know what the hell you guys got going on. Anyway, Vlad, what were you going to say? Uh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, putting, putting Derek's bullshit to the side, his anti-Christ, his anti-God as an atheist. Um, when it comes to martial arts, sometimes that you get involved, To get back into balance, you know, if, if you were doing exercise, like for example, if I were to do martial arts right now, that's gonna kill me. Yeah. Because the most exercise I do is walking, and up to a couple of months, okay. I was I was doing I was doing a lot of resistance training because I, I was right. stalling, but pretty much moving up, going under desk, you know, a lot of huffing and puffing kind of shit. I went from size forty six to size forty two. I'm happy, bro. I'm healthier, but I All could right. do better. Well, listen. I, 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 
My goal in life is to be a super villain, so I'm not a good guy, but here's some free advice. You can start getting into martial arts at a very gentle level by finding a Tai Chi class, workshop, video, or anything like that, and starting to do the movements little by little. Here's a free Tai Chi move for you right now, Vlad. Open your hands and spread your fingers apart in front of you as you take a deep breath in. And as Uh you close your hands into fists, you breathe out. And you can do that three times or as many times as you want. And there's your first Tai Chi exercise. Breathing in and open your hands. And as you breathe out, close them into a fist. Just like you would be opening up a like one of those pumps that you pump air into somebody to uh, breathe it, a breather to help them to breathe, right? When like you're giving them CPR, we got to squeeze that bag. If you just imagine that, that when you're squeezing the bag, you're pushing the air out. And when the bat, when your hands open, the air is coming back in. And that also doubles as a yoga exercise. Uh, pranayama yoga, the yoga of breath. Welcome, Sarah, plus one other to the room. Um, <clears throat> but I, yes, I had a so, question. I had a question. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm just used question. to the, the hearing about the Tai Chi that old people do, yeah? Uh, for reflexes and to strengthen their muscles, and you know, well, change the, the, the change, part. but change but the, heard, tai chi, change the word old. You said the tai chi that old people do. Change that that word to a l l all. So now the tai chi that all people do. The tai chi that all people do is breathing in and out. If you're alive, you're practicing some form of tai chi, okay? And yoga. Okay. They all have a name for this shit. Okay, and it's breathing in and out. It's the life force. It's the spirit. It's the breath, right? Chi, ki, prana, right? All of that stuff. Um, so if the, the one step that anybody can get into martial arts is by learning how to control your breathing. Now, not for everybody. Not everybody's going to be in martial arts. But yeah. there's sure an entryway for everybody, Vlad. There's no excuse. Plus, if you do Tai Chi, right? You're learning martial arts-like movements that are combated. So if you want to learn self-defense, but, you know, martial arts have changed a lot. You know, self-defense is a completely different thing, you know. Uh, Right right now, uh, Mordecai, you know how the people say, I might not know karate, but I know crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, crazy people actually turn out to be really good in street fights. Um, because they have aggression and unpredictability and uh, a sort of um, this unbridled fearlessness that is very useful in a lot of situations. Whereas somebody who might know how to do a martial art might start to jump into a fighting stance. And uh-huh. while, while they're busy putting their arms up into a defensive position, they're getting kicked in the nuts or, or getting hit with a freaking brick or something like that. Or somebody's, you know, kicking them in the back because they're not paying attention to what they're doing. Anyway, um, but the whole thing is, though, is that, you know, I get that people want to, like, make these huge things happen on, like, on very big scales. But, you know, somebody, this guy, this guy Lance, the other day brought up a good point about something called, uh, um, about... That sounds sounds like Derek's best friend, Lance. All right, probably. Um, that sounds like um, he said is um, mutual aid, right? So direct mutual aid, which um, is something an initiative that uh, my friend and business partner Chris Cavallo of Cavallo Creations. He's done a couple of of uh, rooms here on Colin. He uh, pointed, got my you know awareness into 
these different initiatives that he's putting forth to just basically, it's just like the people who you would see who pull up with their van into a homeless sector where people are, or homeless encampment and giving out sandwiches and water and blankets, you know? It's like that kind of thing, direct mutual aid, people helping people, you know? Um, and uh, it's those kind of things that I just think are like some of the most fascinating. And not that there, of course, there are other effective and wonderful ways that people can help. But the way that I, I do it and the way that I know how to do it the best is, uh, is, by, is by direct contact with people and then sharing the message of what I'm doing. I'm going to take a call from Jed over here. I don't um, know. Uh, Jed, how Hi. you doing, man? Hey, I'm What's doing going good. Um, yeah, it's great, great conversation. I had no idea what I was uh, walking into, but uh, I totally agree with you um, as far as exercise bit, and then just uh, community outreach on a uh, on just a really basic person-to-person level. Um, yeah, I, I went through mo- most most of my life was not very healthy. You know, so I spent most of my time pump, pumping uh, drugs into my body, uh, <laughs> but. Um, you know, I ended up I ended up in prison, and I was working out in jail. And, but some uh, of it was fun. And yeah, well, some of it was great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Uh, sometimes it got out of hand. Um, but now, yeah, I mean, that's a huge element. Um, definitely try to me, me and my wife try to ride our bikes and you know eat healthy, cook our own food, um, and then yeah, really, I like what you guys are saying. I have no idea where anyone here stands politically or what we're even talking about. But um, I thought about that a lot, like outreach from the bottom up. You know, I, I live near New York City, uh, in North Jersey, and um, you know, when I was coming out of jail, a lot of people helped me out, and it was all like that, you know, person-to-person, basic kind of uh, human connection and uh, healthy living and all that kind of stuff. I had to sort of learn it like I so, um, but you know what's true is like people that are people that are hurting, you know, people that are in really desperate situations. If you're you have a community there to support them, it's it's way more meaningful than uh, you know people that have everything and are very comfortable. Uh, because usually, the type of people that have struggled uh, are more willing to go out and do and do more like activities. It's a great way to build movement. Yeah, you know, um, and and I understand that too because, um, and 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 this is just circumstantial. It has nothing to do. I, once again, I'm, you know, my my wife and I. There was a time when we were driving across the country. We had no place to live. But we would go to the homeless communities and give people stuff that we have, like, because we we could have gone to like Goodwill and just dumped everything and made it easier. But we washed all of our stuff, you know, like you would if you were taking it to a donation, like a Goodwill. But we went out to this place at the Fort Lauderdale Library and just and gave suitcases and our clothes to people because right there they could use it. Where a lot of those people, for you know, how screwed up some of these places are, they don't let homeless people go into Goodwill. And maybe the people don't have money to shop because even Goodwill doesn't always donate things like that, right? The, sometimes they sell because they're a nonprofit, but they have to keep their doors open and, and do different things. But I, the, the, but when, when I heard the term direct mutual aid, that's what just popped into my mind. And 
it's interesting because it's such an easy, like entry level way to do things that like, it's not even something that people like, and I know I've seen stupid ass videos online and I'm glad that people are doing those stupid ass videos where they're like, they go out and do that stuff and they video and make a recording of it. Hey, look at me, I'm doing a good thing. So maybe even somebody else will be an actor and go out and act like they're doing a good thing. But at least if they're acting like they're doing a good thing, a good thing still gets done. But, um, and, and it, it, we should have a lot of examples like that, you know, going on. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, that's awesome, you guys. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't matter if you're, uh, yeah, if your intentions are pure or not, I think, because uh, the people that you're helping don't care. <laughs> Speaking, of, speaking. Of, I want to read something. I'm just keeping it, breaking up the uh, <laughs> the monotony here. Uh, Derek says once again, also going by Dare Bear, someone suffering from extreme depression. I'm in a dark place and I'm having suicidal thoughts. Vlad, people who have suicidal thoughts are selfish and narcissistic pricks. <laughs> well, I mean. You know, I the, the thing is that what was going through my head when Vlad said that was something similar because a lot of people, like there's this one doctor, I forget what her name is right now, who tout all the stuff about narcissism over and over and over again. And if you've watched a single episode of Criminal Minds, it's all they talk about, like narcissistic be behavioral disorders and narcissistic personality disorder and all of the related things have become such pop psychology. It's such an infection that has happened. I'm not saying these people don't exist. And I, I'm not saying that assholes don't exist, right? Like people and, and, and all kinds of stuff, right? Just be aware that they're there, you know, but I, but what Vlad, what I, I suspect, I, I can only, you know, I guess at this, is because I've seen that exact same idea that Vlad said, you know, published in places before. It's not an original or unique thought at all. It's actually a, a very a beautiful example of brainwashing or, or like uh, covert hypnosis that people go around and repeating things that are almost line for line. It's like people, this is what people are like, and this is how hypnosis works. And I'll show you right here with this example. As a person who's been practicing as an expert clinical hypnotist since 2004, right, that for 18 years and before that, because when I learned about it, something that I just here's what hip, how hypnosis works. A lot. Most of the people have heard of um, like the Associated Press and, and different organizations like that where or like, the you know, the White House press uh, office where they they put out a press release and then all of the news stations take from the press office or from, you know, API and all, all these other places, right? Associated Press, right? And then they put their spin on it. But it's basically the same because they're saying the same quotes. They're repeating the same lines. And so it sounds like the same news. Um, just like how you have like other programming where if you go into a sports bar and you're watching different football games going on, you'll see the same string of commercials come on the same three to five commercials come on back to back. It's a program. And all of this programming is done like that. And I don't want to go too far into that, but that's basically how, how people are. We're, we're like the, the, basically the news outlets. And that's what Vlad is kind of repeating is, is that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not mad at them, but that's what most people do, unfortunately. 
Most people have yeah, no idea so how pervasive hypnosis is and brainwashing in the world. Please, Jed, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I do as much as I possibly can to avoid watching any network television at all. And even, you know, even commercials. Um, because it is, is a form of brainwashing. And then there's, of course, you know, most people understand man, the idea of manufactured consent. And that is essentially the role of the media. I think since the 60s and the, uh, you know, all the different civil rights movements and different protest movements, we know that you know the government and government agencies were involved in really nefarious um, operations to infiltrate. Now, Jed, let me ask you a question real quick. Let me interrupt you yeah, and ask sure. you a question. Yeah. Uh, where did you hear the term manufactured consent before? Oh. Where's the first person? Or what is there a famous or well-known person in some circles that you can <laughs> well, directly course, attach that saying to? Noam Chomsky, of course. Right. Uh, and then so do you see ones. how all of that works? How dissemination of information is equi- I'm making it equivalent to brainwashing and hypnosis, but it can be used in any direction. Just like, just like electricity, right? You can cook a person or you can cook your food, right? You know, it's like, it's, do you understand where I'm coming from now with all of this? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that is uh, also another outlet of information that's kind of like a closed loop. Um, you know, and that I'm people repeat of, phrases from there. Yeah. You know, right, yeah, manufactured really consent. You know, it's not just a catchphrase. It's, um, right. It's yeah, yeah. Or, or memes, right? Or very short memes, which help you to package information and pass it on to other people, which is the very essence of an infection. You know what I mean? It's like a virus replicates itself. That's what, you know, I often say things like, you know, memetically organized feuds, like genetically organized feuds. I say memetically organized feuds or F-E-U-D-S uh, for us, as in fighting, because that's what's going on on Earth. Is there are all these memetically organized feuds. People are just taking in pieces of information. And because their cycle of circle or loop of information doesn't match with what other another person's loop that they're playing does, then they start feuding with each other. They start fighting, and that's 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 one of the biggest things that's going on. People are being having all this information dumped into their psychology by these outside sources. And Inception, the best Inception, by the way, and let me rant a moment for a second here. The movie Inception was in itself a deceptive Inception because it made it seem like Inception was more difficult to do by making people think that ideas are their own and making think making us think that an extraction was the easier thing to do of the two. Not that either one of them were easy, but they made it seem like Inception was the more difficult. But if you ask yourself this question, is it easier to sit people in front of a television screen and and, and, and listen and watch information pouring into all of their senses, right? Audio, video, or even like a 4D movie theater where they have all of the movement around, or even better yet, put a synaptic suit, uh, uh, a haptic suit on them, right? For example, not so not the haptic suit on them, for example, right? And give them all of the sensory information. That's all going in. That's inception. And, and by doing that, and then this can cause a person to dream about it, plant it in their subconscious mind. A lot of people tend to think, or like how people watch movies in the background and stuff like that, and you end up thinking that information or ideas are your own. So what's more, is that more difficult than plugging wires into a person somewhere on their body, electrodes sticking in their brain, and then having that project out onto a screen somewhere so we can see what they're thinking or what's inside. So that's what an extraction would be. It's like somehow plugging stuff into a person and trying to see and try to read them. Of course, by people's behaviors is another way of reading what they're, you know, what's inside of them. But it's not the same thing as what 
the movie is trying to claim for itself and, and at least how I extrapolate and dramatize I over exaggerate my example and how they're wrong to make a point but um, the, the point is is that we're much more easily able to take in information and think that ideas are, are our own than we are to reveal who we are everybody is really good at putting on a front you know the whole the thing that you know everybody knows about how you know you'll be talking to your friends this that motherfucking bitch and then, oh hey yes and then i was really hoping that i could see you for tea tomorrow right all of a sudden change because like an adult walks in the room right or how a person is at home talking is like nah, i don't care about none of this and anything like that bring bring hello good afternoon right people change they, they call it code switching sometimes you know whatever um everybody knows how to to act and put on a front in an instant subconsciously without even thinking about it right um and 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 so we all know how to how to elicit different behaviors and different things like that go ahead jed yeah no that's that's really interesting um i was you know i was fortunate i consider myself fortunate uh, my parents when they raised us they refused to have a tv in the house and it was um for religious reasons, which, you know, I don't really agree with anymore. But just, you know, I feel very fortunate that they had us reading books and not just being constantly bombarded with misinformation. Before I even heard that term, manufacturing consent, I already had this idea that everything in this little box is, you know, it's, it's set there to manipulate get me to buy things in a certain way. It's really hard to avoid. Uh, really, really so, Jed, just want to let you know that um, it kind of sounds like uh, you're swimming, and we're not we're not hearing anything. So I'm gonna One maybe second. if you correct yeah, that or whatever. I'm, gonna... I'm driving, so is that better? Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, well, I was just saying. Yeah, I grew up without a TV in the house because my parents were very religious. Um, so the you know the reason we're not having television was something I really don't agree with the reasoning for it, but I'm grateful for having been brought up that way, because, um, you know, I, I did have this understanding, like, even before it, knowing the term manufactured consent, like, our understanding of that meant, um, I knew that, that this little box is meant to manipulate me, you know, like, it's there right. to get me to buy things, it's there to get me to a certain way, it's, it's a way of control, and it's not necessarily always nefarious and on purpose it's just kind of how sure i mean not all of it is necessarily nefarious but um it's been certainly co-opted that way if that's the term or uh yeah it, it's definitely been uh it's definitely been used that way um to someone like me who for some reason and i i suspect it has to do with my involved my deep involvement with watching uh television shows and reading uh, cartoons and reading comic books that were sci-fi based like one of the huge things in there was like the hypnotist when, when they would have like the mesmerizing swirly eyes and they could take control of someone's mind and make them do evil things and that always fascinated me and so when I found a school that basically taught what that was and also was basically like a little bit like going to Hogwarts, but is also recognized by the Department of Education 
Um, it's called the Hypnosis Motivation Institute in Tarzana, California. I went there and I got a degree in clinical hyp- hypnosis and have been practicing ever since. As a matter of fact, they drill and ingrain you practicing a hypnosis from day one in uh, the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. Uh, and they're called practicums. In the, uh, in the school, from, day, like from the very first day, I raised my hand in class, and one of the teachers named John McCarthy uh, pra- uh, demonstrated a hypnotic induction using what's known as an arm levitation on me. And anyway, the experiences that I had ever since then with understanding how the subconscious mind and how hypnosis has worked from a practical standpoint of actually being hypnotized and hypnotizing people every single day and practicing the techniques to do so for a year straight. That's all we did. And then, and then, uh, you know, uh, take tests and do demonstrations about it. Uh, welcome to the room, really- uh, Martin, Sarah, Harwant, Edro. So uh, when I say practice, I mean, that's like how we were, we were, we hypnotists from the hypnosis motivation institute were bred to practice like we were just trained to all that's what we do we don't just we don't theorize we're like we know that these things work and we're going to practice them over and over again like you can the, the very first time i ever hypnotized someone jed and i, I heard you uh, chiming in i'm just on a little roll here oh, yeah, um okay. was i was at a thanksgiving party type of sleepover with a, a, a friend a mutual a friend of uh bunch of us guys that had moved from California uh, from Florida to California and uh, when we woke up the next day one of the ladies that were there said was interested in being hypnotized and I simply took a book called the professional hypnotism manual that was written by the founder of the hypnosis motivation Institute uh, John G Kappis um, and simply read a hypnotic induction from the book and the instructions just word for word. And this girl went into the deepest trance, one of the deepest trances I've ever seen uh, then from then until even now, uh, 18 years plus later, like, wow. well, almost 18 years later. So, yeah, I guess they say more people are susceptible. Um, and I'm going to I'll jump off soon. I saw another caller. I, I want to add one more thing to the conversation. Um, I saw the quote or the uh, talking about suicide. And I thought of the show, The Bear, and I don't know if anyone has seen that, um, but it is a very beautiful representation of what suicide does to people that are left behind. And uh, also, you know, dealing with things like drug addiction. And uh, so I would recommend that uh, for people having suicidal thoughts, um, it could be a useful tool to kind of see a story. I think so. So... Well, uh, what is it called again? And you know, uh, if you'd be called... so kind, maybe you could drop the, if you have oh, a yeah. link or at least just a name in the comments because, you know, I reference that stuff and I make blogs out of this stuff later. Sure. And and yeah. I also deal with very loud beeping noises. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll jump off and I'll put it in the uh, comments. It's called The Bear. It's on uh, Hulu. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. All right. You guys have a good day. I'll, I'll hang out and listen. But uh, let's sure. talk so, uh, Chris, what's up, man? Um, how you doing, buddy? I appreciate you for uh, coming in. I know you've been busy out uh, getting some things done today. So, yeah, I started this room uh, forever who, who showed up and listening now. Um, 
for one, of course, it's always open. Anybody can listen and talk if you just like to hear a freaky voice speaking or strange conversation or just, you know, you're just interested. You need to hear something in the background. Um, and you know how these things can evolve or devolve some, sometime just to be entertained. That's all welcome. Um, I did have a theme and it was uh, this online role-playing game called Nation States that I started taking part in on and off um, over 10 years ago. Um, and uh, that reminds me, Snarf just put a comment. It says, my hamster is doing well. Thank you for your concern. And thank you, uh, Jed, for putting in the comments, The Bear on Hulu, what suicide slash drug addiction does to those left behind. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, he says it's sort of the theme. Yeah, I mean, but I know exactly how it feels uh, very from a very personal experience. So, All right, so this, yeah, so it started off as going over the issues in nation states and my dominion of unique equilibrium, which I... Uh, apparently, um, in voter registration and voters' roles, the information is public. They're called public voters' roles. And uh, somebody was murdered, a politician is a bureaucrat, a, a low-level bureaucrat, was found murdered after he rejected a retired homeowner's request for a, re- a construction permit. And then it became uh, this wonderful conversation that we had here. What's up, Chris? I was gonna say, are you are you just now getting to this article, or are you already read it and evolved, and I'm just now yeah, coming yeah, in? I, I yeah, that's what the second part, and um, all mainly due to Vlad, who's waiting in the caller queue. Which Vlad, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, unqueue. I'm not putting you in the queue just yet. Uh, Chris just got to the room, and um, uh, yeah, we so could put him in the queue. I know Vlad will mute himself. He's a nice guy. He's always in here. All right, see, Vlad, that's why it's two people in here, Vlad. Welcome back, Vlad. <laughs> um, so but yeah, that, I'm just getting home from democracy. Yeah, and that was a, another unsuccessful day, but um, I met an older, you know, black lady there. We had a good conversation, and I think I saved her from getting taken advantage of, so that's good. And she's she's a veteran, too. Or uh, Well, her, her husband is a veteran, her husband, you know, but she also went to Afghanistan as a contractor. Um, so that counts to me, you know, like I know she was just there probably doing some like storage stuff or whatever, working on some base, you know, probably working in some office, like as a contractor. Or she could have been stabbing um, people in their balls. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Exactly. Um, so great, great older lady. Um, but yeah, I went in this morning to, you know, the test drive or to look at that IX again, to learn the, the eight series I drive from BMW. And then they're like, oh, well, the car is out on a test drive, you know, and, and you know, so it might be a little bit. And I was like, okay. And after about two hours, I was like, it's really weird that, like, I was forced to come right back to the dealership and I couldn't check out the car. You know, I was told by the salesman I'm wasting his time. He need to hurry up and rush back. But yet this car has been out for two and a half hours now. And nobody can tell me when or if or what's going on. You guys don't really have any information for me outside of me messing with the car itself. You know, there was that whole snafu from yesterday. So I walked back and talked to the manager again, Ashley. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know the car's on a, a test drive because it's being sold. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. He was like, well, they don't know. I was like, what do you mean they don't know? Like, how, how did do you guys don't have any kind of common communication in this dealership? Where like, if there's a sale being done on a vehicle, you don't let some of the other people know so that if somebody comes in, they, uh, they ask for the vehicle. You say, oh, well, there's a deal being worked on that already. 
which he knows I'm clearly not stupid, but he was just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's yeah, it's being bought. You know, you said it couldn't be sold until July 1st, you know, or whatever. So, you know, now it's going from being a demonstrator to being sold, and which well, it may, may be true, but I was hanging out there all day until now. And the yeah. car hadn't come back, but I'll drive past there tonight, and if it's sitting in the parking lot, then I know. Um, but also, there was other IXs there. Are there other IXs in inbound or something? I suppose. I mean, it says it's well, hey, on on their website. It's there. Um, what time are you making the making the drive by? I'll ride with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, just buy it just sometime tonight. Whatever when they close. Yeah. You know. Um. um but so I, I feel like you said when you first came on, you were like it's uh, another unsuccessful day. I don't know, man. You gotta have. You gotta have something. Uh, well, uh, yeah, okay. You're, you're right. You're right. It wasn't. It wasn't unsuccessful. I didn't complete the mission fully. Okay. So okay, mission. Okay, so partial mission completion, which is technically mission failure. So okay, but I get where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. There, yeah. There, there, there are definitely some things to salvage from. You know, I met uh, that, yeah. that older black lady. She was very tied in, very knowledgeable. She's got money herself, like and why she got to be an older uh, black lady? What was I saying? It was some kind of fucking uh, (laughs) emphasis on the word. I mean, I didn't mean to. I mean, just like maybe just the way I pronounce it. Like, and you're right, man. I just hate saying. I I hate the fucking term African American. I think it's fucking retarded. Unless you're from Africa, you're not African American. You're a Black American. You know, maybe she maybe she was a a a hot black lady, but who's being very nice about it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She Johnny, actually was so fine for being well, 50. Audacious, voluptuous, black woman. Yeah. But you're being more respectable, you know? <laughs> Facts. So, so she did a, not look 50, another, I'll tell you that much, man. Here's, an, here's another problem. She looked good for 50. Why, why, why does everybody have to look good for a certain age? Have, we, have our standards become so low that when we see somebody who actually takes care of themselves and they happen to be at – uh, a more mature age that it's like looks good for like everybody says that. I'm yes, like, Man. yes, because people you know? at thirty now look like they're fifty because they do so many drugs. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you guys from experience. I'm forty nine. I see another forty nine year old, and they look like they're sixty five with the life that they had. And That's right. Come, yeah, and you retain your 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 look for a heavy guy. You're still look young. Yeah, if I lose it all, I'll start looking older. But I'm healthy and compared to most of these guys. I see going into the into the pharmacy. I was like, how old are you? 40, 49. Then I was like, maybe 47. Yeah, but Vlad, so Vlad, hold on, man, because there's a lot of different reasons for that. Like, you have no idea what people's stories are when you talk about people going into the pharmacy. I mean, there are, there's some shit it's true. that happened to yeah, people. You like, get a point. Like, look, I didn't take any medications or anything that was prescribed to me, but somebody tried to kill me with a car, like, for real, like, stepped on the gas pedal and drove into me on purpose and and um be, and yes i'm crazy so the way i'm going to say this i don't give a fuck what you anybody thinks but because of oh my Lord. amazing super ninja skills i managed to get up onto the hood of, of the car instead of being run over bounce off the windshield and roll off of it and on the way down i could have landed on my feet were it not for the other car red car driven by a japanese woman <laughs> who hit me on my way down before I was able to hit the ground. And then I still got up immediately and was able to go and check on the guy who tried to kill me because he crashed his car into a tree in an apartment building around the corner. So, um, you know, Mordecai, (laughs) I might not know exactly because I wasn't a pharmacist, but I would ask, 
why did this person end up with this medication? And because of HIPAA laws, we would keep the information very. But that was secretive. my point. That was exactly. my point. But 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 that, the whole thing that, is, I, I had I to go to other resource. Yeah. By a car, where by two cars in like one second of each other, like in an instant, wow. like I got hit by two cars, and. I had all kinds of crazy things going on with pinched nerves and nerve damage. And, you know, luckily I didn't break any bones, but I had bruises all over and all this stuff. And, and there was some medication prescribed. And for most people, most people are not informed about the side effects of medications. Taking clozapine will give you a tardive dyskinesia, neuroleptic malignant syndrome. And like this, you know, like no, people don't know what, how like for real these side effects are when they have names like tardive dyskinesia and neuroleptic malignant syndrome and all this different stuff like that. And then you have to use Tabor Cyclopedic Medical Dictionary just to figure out what that is or, you know, use a chemi- chemistry dictionary to figure out what these interactions are on the body. Most people just take those medications when they're recommended to them. By the time I this thing happened to me and I was recommended for this injection and that surgery and this to happen, I was already so freaked out and paranoid by my research into what the medications were, not in a hypochondriac way, but just in a very super cautious, like, fuck you, I'm not doing that To again, piggyback what you're saying, to piggyback yeah. exactly what you're saying, when I ruptured my Achilles tendon and they offered me a bunch of medication after the surgery, I was like, nah, dude, uh, I'm a warrior. I would rather sweat in pain and take some Motrin for the swelling. That probably doesn't work anyway. <laughs> then take whatever you're trying to actually offer me. Like, I, I'm, thank you. Like, yes, I know I got surgery of my Achilles tendon. I know you're looking at me like I'm a crazy person, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'd rather not be a zombie and end up like, just who knows? I'm good. But also, and know that the medication they probably recommended to you was the one that was either on the placard or the pen holder or the card holder or the whatever holder or the cup or the cozy, whatever the heck you call those things, on their desk or on their wall, right? It's called a cozy. That they had. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) and so, you know. It's like, what a coincidence that this, that this just so happens to be the medication that is going to solve my rectum problem is the one that you have, uh, underneath your rectum as a seat cushion advertisement. So it's like, you know, I, 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 that's very suspicious to me. And, um, the fact, also the fact that when you look at how it, it sounds all very scientific when, with the, the, the administration of medication and it goes something like, like this. I'm going to give the cliff notes, right? But they assess a person for a certain condition. Let's just say it's a psychiatric condition. And then they prescribe them something like Abilify, Boospirone, or, or Clozapine, ABC, right? Just go for drugs that have those names, right? Um, and Boospirone. Yeah, Boospirone, right? And then, and then they say they have to get the medication. In order for it to get to its effective level, you have to get to a steady state peak of medication flowing in your blood, which is measured by in, in nanograms per milliliter. So in nanograms of that particular medication per milliliter of your blood. So there's supposed to be a certain concentration level at which they consider to be the therapeutic dose that they have to get your bloodstream to have before they give you the medication, right? However, here's the freaking weird part about this. The same exact medication titration level, which titration just means how they they slowly build it up into your system, is pretty much the same schedule, is pretty much the same for 
a an African American or a black woman who's five foot two and a six foot one white male or a six foot tall Caucasian, right? It's the same. And then when they get and and it's always ends like with clozapine, for example, it's usually around four hundred milligrams for everybody. How is that possible when even it's been shown that there's like an enzyme system called the CYP450 enzyme system in the human body that is different if depending on whether you're a man or a woman or whether you're Caucasian or black or Asian or and, and your height or whether your genetics even produce a whole lot of the CYP450 enzyme in the system, right? So... Um, and, and, and they describe the CY450 enzyme system as something that cleans out xenobiotics, right? Foreign uh, molecules, <clears throat> things that are foreign to the body, foreign to your biology. But so that makes no sense unless you look at it from a perspective of being uh, like a billing system. You know, if, if I know that I can charge 10 people $10 a month, I'm, I got 100 bucks to use some simple numbers, right? So just multiply that by how many zeros you fucking want. And you got a, a, a formula for a, a, for get meeting your budget very easily. We, well, we just got to recruit, you know, ten people into the the Billify program, ten people into the the, the Boost Pyrone Hydrochloride program, and ten people into the Clozapine program. And you know, let's see if we can get somebody on some of these other atypical antipsychotics or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, right? And so. And however, whichever one it is, by brand, you just put, you, all you do is have a list with the brand of Vilify, Boostpar, or, or Clozapine, and then you just, how many people do I need to sign up for this to get my commission, which is basically what it is with physicians and doctors who are trained from their, their books by companies like Tomlinson Wadsworth, who, who make billion dollar deals with pharmaceutical companies and then turn around publishing books for the students who are happen to be going into biological psychology and psychiatry. Oh, what a surprise that they then want to prescribe these same drugs to everybody. What a surprise that Eric H. Kandel, who wrote a brilliant book called Principles of Neuroscience, right, and, and won a Nobel Prize, right, uh, and, and, and and most of his book about dopamine receptors has to do with clozapine. Surpri- Whoa, a popular ant- atypical antipsychotic. And, you know, basically his thesis in his, in, about dopamine receptors in his back book focuses on these atypical antipsychotics, specifically this one called clozapine. Um, yeah, cl- cl- I don't, I don't, maybe clozapine is a dual medication, but it's mainly used as a benzodiazepine. I just wanted to correct you. It's a, no, it's a dibenzodiazepine derivative, actually. It's known as a dibenzodiazepine derivative, and it's an atypical antipsychotic. It's not a benzodiazepine; it's a dibenzodiazepine. Correct. Derivative. I was just, I was just saying it that is, it's mainly yeah. it's mainly deployed in that realm. Like you know, when they give it to somebody for anxiety, they're not telling them it's an antipsychotic. It's used for benzo. It's used as a benzodiazepine. I would, I would have to correct you. Then tell that to the UCLA School of Medicine, and particularly uh, Doctor. Uh, um, D'Antonio, uh, who prescribes it specifically as an antipsychotic, 
Um, and all of saying, the other doctors, I didn't say that I couldn't be used like that. I'm just saying if no, you no, go no, to any normal they, pharmacist, if you go to the VA and you ask how many yeah. millions of combat veterans you have on you know, benzodiazepine or I mean on on, on clodipin or whatever for no no no, no. you're sorry dude I'm sorry, sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry no 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 yeah, no, no, no. yeah it wasn't clodipin no, clonopin, no, clonopin yeah, no, 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 no. is a don't is a yeah, benzodiazepine don't, don't 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 stop stop I didn't mean to say that stop. So you, you, you got me all fucking flustered because you're not hearing me out because I've seen it deployed in millions of people, and they deploy it usually as a benzo, not as an antipsychotic. They will give you a, more of a legitimate atypical antipsychotic for those things. So, yes, I'm not saying it's not used in that realm where it doesn't help people who have actual psychotic behavior and it's helping on those level of chemicals. What I'm saying is that it's naturally deployed, usually commonly Used as a benzodiazepine for anxiety, PTSD, nervousness, etc., etc., etc. Are we talking about? Are we talking about? Oh my god! If you mention fucking clodipin, if you mention clodipin again, I'm gonna fucking lose it. I said no. Okay, so it is. I, no, I just didn't hear sometimes the sound. So it's clozapine is the one you're talking yes. about that's usually deployed. Okay, I, and I the thing because is because the other have, name for it is. Well, because see, we have two different perspectives. Because you're a combat veteran, and I've seen it from a person who was was living with me, who I was in a relationship with, who I went to their doctor with them all the time, and it specifically was prescribed only as an antipsychotic. So it's oh, just a different. No, so one medication schizophrenia. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking of a different clozapine. Well, then maybe they're. I, I don't know. Maybe there's another receptor it works on then because you're right. Right here, even on it, as soon as you put it in, it immediately comes up as an antipsychotic. Well, I just suicidal behavior. I'm not saying that I know any everything about these medications. It's just that I specifically use those three examples because I just I think I thought that gotcha. I knew about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, me, me, me too. I thought I could collapse it. Yeah, I'm reading and this now, right. C-L-O-Z-A-P-I-N-E. Yeah, so here's the thing, Chris. Klonopin, though, is a benzodiazepine. Correct. It yeah, is. absolutely is. And, 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 closet, and, the, and I, got, I, a long time ago, got them confused at first. And a lot of people do, but they're, like, even, there was even a case where somebody, I, no, not, it's not a real case. Um, this is still, even though we're talking about real shit, this is still, you know, I could bring in stories from, I think there was a law and order episode where some doctor mixed up or no, 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 no. Now I know exactly where it was. There was one episode of the walking dead where this girl, I forget what her name, this blonde chick, she got kidnapped and she was in a hospital and they changed, they swapped out clozapine for clonopin for somebody and they killed this guy. No, um, so, no, I, I'm starting because I'm reading this on like the government website of whoever just produces yeah. this, and it's saying some of the reasons why it's prescribed, and you know, like, it goes a little bit like, deeper in. And so it's not necessarily so. It's mainly was developed for people who have schizophrenia, so that's probably why they don't tell people at the VA that they're giving it to you and it's a schizophrenic medication because it right. actually does treat and help people who have suicidal ideation or have um, got into a, this 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 thought pattern because it gets it. It says that yeah. it's like um, so it's for people that you know maybe weren't psychotic to begin with, but they after they've got into a suicidal thought pattern for however yeah. long, this can this can help alleviate that. That's what they say about clozapine, yes. Right, yeah, and it's but it's like it also it's mainly used for schizophrenia for I guess that's you know and some other things and 
but then I guess its main effective is like changing or helping thought uh, process. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess just self awareness, right? Like, it helps you to do, uh, I guess, like, uh, not dialectal behavioral therapy, the other one. Um, Shout out to Derek and uh, European Americans. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm going to digress but- now. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, I, I've been doing that in the room in and out whenever somebody makes a comment because there's been, there's been a thing going on in and out here so people are having fun um, but yeah so these these those those drugs anyway I was just using those as, as an example and um, just how the farm like just as that they're a billing bible and basically it's just like anything Chris like even what, what we need to do when we're raising funds to help people it's like we'll have an initiative right uh, VFW van needs to be fixed and then we need to say how many donors at this amount do we need to get in order to reach the amount to get this guy's van fixed right or how many mechanics do we need to get one right to donate their time to get this guy's van fixed right and then two we have the another another initiative so marketing tactics and budgeting and creating a fee schedule and all that stuff like that as a normal practice for running a business or any endeavor that needs resources to be able to go ahead. It's just that pharmaceutical companies happen to be employing it uh, and just to drug people instead of taking it on like a case by case basis of what people's body actually needs. Instead, it's more focused on, on the budget than anything else. So that's a, that's just an interesting, uh, Thing about okay. that and again it goes back to brainwashing and how people are controlled and dominated but i don't want to go too far into that no uh, you're right i mean i was actually i was experiencing that today at the dealership and and the and the young lady i was speaking with you know thank god she had lived a, a an interesting life and she her, he, she herself was religious and and spiritual you know not just kind of like closed-minded religious and um and she attributed that to having you know kind of a, a kind of a difficult life but then also Marrying a military man and moving around so and experiencing different things and all this other stuff, but she was just so enlightened and could understand what I was saying and got me and you know my you know she was insightful and I was insightful and it was it was what you should I mean I guess uh, Hakeem has taught me that it's not always expected from a person with age, but it was nice to speak with somebody who had wisdom and was insightful and. Um, she kind of got what was going on, and I think that I also helped her with with what she was there for at the dealership with her car. So she brought her her newer car in for a factory recall, and her AC worked when she showed up. And then when she left, it didn't work, and it's taken her a few months to get around to it. Um, probably because you know, I think she's single; she doesn't have a husband and whatever else, and who knows what she does. And it it makes sense, you know. Sometimes you just don't have time to get around to it and deal with. You know the headache of the dealership or whatever else, and she's got a second car. Um, so here she is getting her newer car fixed. I think it was like a 2018, and she was telling me, you know, when I first met her, yeah, you know, I'm getting my AC fixed because all of a sudden it didn't work. So I said, yeah, that must be a leak, or they must have nicked the line, or they didn't tighten something back down. And you know, I kind of gave her some little technical details because you know how I am. And I said, no, so uh, yeah, you know, that should be no no issue. They should fix that. Uh, without charging you, no problem, because you came in functional, you came in for a warranty repair, or for a factory recall, which you were told had to be done, um, you know, and that when you left, it didn't work, and and, and they're, yeah. they're even agreeing to that, and um, 
so I, right before I actually got up and left, so it's a good thing I guess I didn't leave yet. Um, I didn't really want, you know, I wanted to, but I didn't want to, but I, I, I felt like I needed to do things, but God was kind of telling me to stay a little bit longer. And then the, you know, the young gentleman comes out from the service center. He's like, hey, you know, we did a little pressure test on your AC system, and it looks like the the lower pressure condenser on the motor, you know, is uh, broken, and it's going to be a $3,000 repair, and this and that, and, you know, he starts getting into it, and she's, you know, she's already a, a strong, you know, fucking black woman, so she's already like, well, I don't know about that, honey, and... You know, yeah, and, you know, I can see she got, he was, like, kind of, like, being the way people are to women and to the elderly in general, you know, when it comes to, like, auto repairs and stuff. Like, treat them like they don't know shit. Um, and I was like, look, man, uh, yeah, that's not going to be a thing because of the gaseous state of it. It's now in a liquid form and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I was like, what they're using and, the, and the, based off the, you know, the, the year of the vehicle and the mileage and the fact that it's German – you know, it's, it's clearly uh, uh, easily conceivable that she brought it in here. Do you guys either nick the line or didn't tighten something back down? Because it shouldn't need, need to be replaced or even recharged at its point in the life cycle. And he was like, well, you know, we've had to do it on cars that are, had a lower mileage or that were newer. And that's him throwing himself under the bus. So I didn't even need to respond to it. So I was like, yeah, well, that's fine. But that's just not going to happen today because I, I, I know better. I know, I know how this works. And you're not going to take advantage of this lady. And he was like, oh, I didn't see anybody taking advantage of anybody. And I was like, yeah, I know that. I said, this is, I'm entitled to my own feelings and opinion. And nobody else here is stating that. She's not stating that. But, I, you know, she's, she herself is a veteran. I'm a veteran. And, like, she came in here with a factory war, you know, recall. Her car worked before she left. And um, it worked when she showed up. And when she left, it didn't work. You know, and she has a whole life going on. Not everybody can get around to these things instantly. And then, you know, here you are presenting her with a bill. Like, you didn't. To say, hey, this is what we found out. Like, this is a repair estimate. You know, if you if you're, you know, you should be saying, hey, this is what we found. And by the way, we're going to take care of it for you. You know, why do you feel like you that, that? Why do you feel like veterans should stick together? Is it because you guys, especially combat veterans, is because you feel like you guys have seen something in common? And how does that? How does that help? Because I'm because you just mentioned too again. You're like, you know, I'm a veteran. She's a veteran. And so it sounds like do you, you like do your best to like help other veterans or stick together or is there some reason for that? I think you know we, we got to take care of each other in general as human beings. You know this is just a, a, an, an instant deeper connection that I can have with anybody. You know especially if I can tell they're a good person. I mean I spent I can I get a few hours talking to this lady before I even you know went up to you know have this guy came out and I went up the bat for her. You know so. But yeah, you know, I think it's just taking care of each other as in general, you know, but nobody else is going to do it if, if we don't do it, you know, we can't expect others to do it, you know, so the ones who do do it, we have to stick together. Um, yeah, you know, another you thing know, too, um, you mentioned about like, she's an open-minded Christian. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, there, there seems to be too, there's like a few more people like that, like, because I, uh, you know, I, I, I cuss out God and I even wrote this death metal song the lyrics to it called veil of chains that my friend Bob did the music for. And like, there's a line that says like, it says you don't care cause you're the God of the universe. I was like, you took away everything that I love. Fuck you. You know, it was like some of the lines in the song. And I tell people this and I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with religion, but yet still there's a, a guy who is one of my immediate supervisors as a, a fit assistant fitness director, Chase, who, hears this and then just very gently and kindly says, well, here's something that I'd like to, you to know about free will. And then, and then still is like cool with me and like 
and just loves me and and doesn't care not necessarily doesn't care but doesn't throw a fit that i'm like basically claiming to be the antichrist and i want to kill god and i'm angry at it and then you have ryan elliott who is uh, an amazing artist and he does you know uh civil designing like and and uh he does designs for uh, exterior um, design, like exterior design for homes and things like that. Um, he also heard my story and then drew me a picture in memoriam of someone. And then, and even just yesterday, he gave me a, a beautiful Bible with a, uh, with a, you know, black leather bound Bible with a zipper on it. It's still all known that I'm just like, okay, I don't care. Like I'm probably never going to be on board with your religion. And then you, Chris, uh, you know, uh, talk about, you know, God, the, the master of the universe and everything like that. And even know what I'm about and, you know, that I'm even connecting more deeply to my death metal roots, especially the ones that are antagonistic of religion and God. And you still are just like, all right, man, but I understand. And you and you. So it seems to be, you know, I, I also have a very good fortune of somehow being around very open minded religious people or Christians or at least people who believe in, at least I know for a fact, two of them chase, uh, you know, I, I, at least I know that a couple of you guys are like the same, almost close to the fundamental route of, you know, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins and it's through Jesus that we can go to heaven type of deal, right? <clears throat> and um, and I'm like, no, I don't, Jesus is the son of God. I hate God if it even exists. And you guys are still like, okay, I hear you, you're angry, but we still love you. And so that, to me, that's like the ultimate open-minded. I can still be friends and business partners with and have like crazy arguments with and shit with you and still, you know, get things done. So. I mean, you're not you know. wrong. And that's why I, I got that, that older, you know, that young lady's number. I mean, now she's older, but, you know, I got, I got her number. I said I'd be seeing her at her church and I thanked for having a good conversation with her and. You know, I, I'm I'm not afraid to to speak boldly. I I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Part of that is my problem because I mean I speak very polite, I articulate myself, but I don't quite care what people think of me. Um, and people may say I have a chip on my shoulder. You know, I, it, maybe it is because I'm battle tested, quote unquote, Bravo Tango, like the whole warrior thing. But but I don't. But I'm not cocky i'm just a confident person i speak well i'm polite but i don't i don't worry about what you're really going to think about me like especially in the moment like if you're doing something wrong or you're not right or you're like yesterday I actually tried to put words in my mouth you know or maybe his employees try to put words in my mouth and i was like look look, look no no no, man like, just go ahead and stop right there you know you're not going to put words in my mouth you know or whatever you know it, but, but or I'm, anything else you know, <laughs> yeah right anybody else for that matter <laughs> right you know but but I, I I don't like it getting to that point. I mean, you've seen how I work. Like I, people can be like kind of brash, and I'll still brush it off and be polite and like turn their their negative connotation into a question that I can answer, and then I'll thank them for it. And they're blown away. I'm like <laughs> by how I just you know turned in you know anywho. Um, but you know, there's just some point. Like you know, I was talking to her about some religious stuff, and my standpoint's just on you know more you know morals and character, and that wasn't giving my opinion it was just like hey you know my my business is based off no no waste and no mismanagement of funds if the government's going to give me a hundred thousand dollars for a new employee then i'm going to make sure he's taken care of as long as his work ethic matches it you know i mean he's going to get every dime of what the government gave me you know i don't need it 
but I'm not going to, you know, pay him for bad behaviors. Um, but that yeah. doesn't mean I'm also going to like not pay him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, he's just not going to get all the extra that he would have got for just being a good employee. Even though I'll foster yeah. the environment, I'll say, Hey man, you know, maybe you're slacking here, you know, pick it, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know I mean? I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm never the kind of person just to fire somebody because you never know what somebody's yeah. going through and maybe their first few paychecks is them getting back on their feet. Yeah. Sure. You know, so welcome, uh, Derek to the room. Dare Bear, what's up? Hey guys. What well, this, what's going on, man? I'm just uh, taking a little break from my life to, to talk <laughs> a bit about live. Okay. So, so here you hear you, everyone. Derek has come time to take to talk shit about Vlad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I don't have any problem with that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I was talking shit. Fucking with Vlad, but I mean, I don't, I don't think his motivations are shitty or sinister. I think his motivations right, are good, and be, that's kind of like part of the problem, you know. When it comes, you can to have good motivations and be completely misinformed. Not that I'm, I'm not yeah. saying he is, but you know. or cause damage, and, and you know that that old kind of. I've done um, it. Yeah, maybe we all have, um, but that old kind of uh, shitty religious. Uh, kind of like guilt trip talk. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. the the, the casting of stones, the throwing of shade. Right. You know, the like, doesn't seem to work. I mean, when has, has anyone ever heard of anyone uh, declaring that they decided not to commit suicide because they thought about how all these people how, talked about how, how wonderful the church is? <laughs> no, no, no. They, no they, I, they, I see. No. I see. I, I see what you're saying, though. Right? Like, like, hey, I stopped. No. You know, so, because of. Uh, so, Chris, earlier, you, I think you might have missed what Derek is referring to. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Let him continue, Derek. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when's the last time anyone's heard of anyone declaring that they decided not to commit suicide because they thought about how other people talked about how committing suicide was selfish or weak or right. Um, you know, uh, narcissistic, you know, right. you don't hear anyone ever say that. Um, so I, I mean, while some people might step away from the edge, uh, because maybe there's some influence there, we never hear about it. First of all, I mean, what, maybe one or two people well, could wouldn't stop me remember something maybe, but that person probably wasn't even that close to suicide if they were to yeah. say something like that. So, Sure. I mean, the closer you get to suicide, the more those words and that judgment probably stings and makes someone more likely to commit suicide. To be honest, that uh, I was thinking the exact same thing. So I, um, I, yeah, you're not wrong from my yeah. standpoint. Um, so back up, and, I, and yeah, you know, I mean, it's not just the words; it's like the, the disdain and the. And the anger in the in the words, like as he's expressing it, you know, like this is common. It's not like he's alone. You know, this is very right. common, and it seems to all kind of have the roots in religious fucking nonsense that has not helped. It's only made things worse. I think that's pretty clear by now. I don't think there's any study that's been done. But how would we even conduct a study like that? You know, to, to get somebody that was uh, suicidal 
to explain why they decided not to commit suicide. How yeah, I mean, I think that um, the motivations for somebody that that did go through suicide. How are you supposed to, you know, do those stats? So, I mean, at some point, I think is, common sense needs to reign, and common sense dictates that we don't ignore the fact that nobody says that they didn't commit suicide because they took those words into account and and uh, acted, you know, uh, you know, based on those kind of judgments and words and attitudes. Anyway. Welcome to the room, Reese. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I am like, there's no way that uh, people, in my from my standpoint, would stop wanting to commit suicide based on any of those things. But I also just think that everybody should be able to state what they want and people figure it out. Um, but I think that there's actually more reasons not to be alive than to stay alive. So I'm on the side of, of uh, as, having so, a as somebody who's su- yeah, somebody who's super grateful for life. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, I'm super grateful for life too. But there's a lot. I I find a lot more reasons to be dead and stop doing what I'm doing on Earth than to stay here for now. But but because of my lack of knowledge of whether or not there's some kind of reincarnation or whether I get to do it again or whatever. Because of that uncertainty, I've decided to stay here to do certain things that I need to do and have experiences here and even go so far as to, to, to start training and thinking that I could possibly learn things while I'm in a physical body that will translate to when I die. So, And it's not, from, it's not a religious thing. It's just that I, I kind of just look and take pieces from here and there where I'm finding sort of like, I don't know, like a... Like a, a, a a mathematical spiritual treasure hunt of some kind, you know, because who knows what the hell's coming. But if dreams are any indication that we have, have any understanding of something, you know, that, and that kind of vein, but I really don't know. But what I, and that's the, the problem is that if I did, I'd be gone already. But, and then to some people, they might like that, like, damn, that's bleak or freaking dark or whatever, but it's, it's not, it's just this fucking place sucks. And like mm-hmm. people are, just it's i guess there's a lot of really hurt people i guess because a friend of mine purvis taylor the third who's a celebrity author and coach and i say these things just because i like to give people shout outs not i'm not uh you know trying to drop names or anything like that but he's been a good guy for me for many years and he said a, a long time ago on the campus of university of miami he said uh hurt people hurt people so I, I figure there must be a lot of hurt motherfuckers running around out here. They're just doing some bullshit. True, true that. As far as, uh, you know, having the reaction that uh, Chris was talking about with the, the term African-American, just hating that term, uh, you know, I, I think, like, kind of what's the point of the term? I mean, if somebody called themselves uh, Irish-American, would you have a problem with that, even if they weren't from Ireland? You know what I mean? If they just want to kind of, like- uh, yeah, as, as I mean, I mean, you can identify as, as you want, but yeah, but, but that's saying that's that's would it annoy you when you, you know, have a problem with it though? Like, if somebody wants to like claim their ancestry in some way that maybe you don't understand, it's individual to them, I, 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 I don't, right? But do you understand? Is I'm I'm black, I'm 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 African American, okay, so. I, the, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's a coined term that is used as a fucking like malicious tool now, 
you know, to help separate people. Like if you're an African-American, that's because you came from Africa. You're a current immigrant. You're first generation, second generation, third, whatever. Like I'm a like ninth or 10th generation American at this point, you know, black American. But why why does it matter that that people have to classify classify themselves like in in a larger societal context? Like look at look at Rudy down here. I mean. Rudy could, I mean, he's an American citizen. He, he could just say he's an American. He could Correct. say. Exactly. And, 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 that, and that's the way I like it because it doesn't, because okay, I can on. see I'm a human, on, right? Like, I'm from Mother Earth. Oh, dude. All right. So anyway, he could say that he's an American. He could say that he's an African American. He could say that he's African. He could say that he's black. You know, who, who is it for anyone else to tell him who the fuck he wants to describe himself as? You know what I mean? Nobody, and that's what I watched my friends really? die for. That's and that's what I fought for. I don't yeah, care so how anybody like, identifies himself. Like you didn't let me explain that. I feel like people use it as a political, as, as a political, at a politicized tool to bash well, people in the head with. And as a, a and as a black American, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's good for us to walk around using that as another differential thing to polit- to politicize things to you know who to walk around like, like a, a gas can of fire. Who says it is? You know, who says it uh, is? I, I mean, just the way that it's used. I do. If you actually see what yeah, goes on, the way, that, thing, the way that, that, that people use it to, go ahead, to, 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 to separate themselves, you know, they, uh, we, everybody uses it as, as a way to separate. And then we're all American and we should all should be on the same page. We're all the same thing. Like we're all. If somebody in, wants to call that, himself black or African, you think I give a shit? I, He's still like no, an American, I mean, I, I, you know? Cool. Great. You're right. Because you, you, you I mean, you, no, I'll, I'll let you tell me your merit of how you have done things that you w- affect or give us more freedom to be able to do these things, to, to have the right. Because I get what you're saying, and I understand, but you don't. Un- maybe you don't understand the the higher perspective of how it actually, you know, using certain terms like this and the way that it invokes on the human psyche, and then down on the social economical level of society, and then you know being in the certain cities and municipalities, and the way that people are, it, it creates a, such a, a division that there's people killing each other in the fucking street. Right. Maybe what you don't I'm get saying that. is, uh, what I'm saying is, it's a mistake to let those people that cause those problems determine how we define ourselves and how we um, look at people who define themselves on their own terms. Just let them define themselves however the fuck they want. If I want to call myself a, a European American, is that a problem? You know what I mean? I don't right. agreed. So no, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a problem either. So that's why I hate how people use it as a politicized tool to put us all in different facets. When we're all Americans, we're all the same right. We're all the same but, person. Like it doesn't make but, sense to me. I mean, and, and, and I think it's it's better speech. Like I'm a black American. I I live in America. I've been. I, I have a great life. I, I didn't come from a third or first world country, and then I'm coming and I'm uh, you know in, in America, and I love it here because it's the shit. That's why I came here, and now I have such a, a, so much of a better life. Like if anything. Uh, you know, if you want to say African Americans or Black Americans here in America who are born in America, we're ungrateful for what we have. We don't even understand how our grandfathers and great grandfathers and great great grandfathers had it in America, and how it was not easy for them. You know, we're still bitching and complaining about things, and but we can go to free college, we can get good SBA loans, we have all these advantages now as being Black Americans or whatever African Americans, whatever you know, whoever. Because I don't give a shit if you identify as a fucking tree, as long as you're not harming children. I don't give a fuck. 
I right. fought in, in, for this country. I watched my friends die for this country so that a Muslim can pray in the middle of the street and do whatever it. he wants to do, and nobody it. can you fuck did. with him. I got it, but you, you, know, did have, like, you did have a certain amount of animosity. Absolutely, because I am because I am a, I am a African Black American. I have experienced it. I know what it does to, to yeah, my community. I know what it you know, how it separates you people. Don't speak on behalf of everybody else. The point is that's fine. Point, that's fine. And, but I'm allowed to voice that that I don't have a problem with. There is no animosity towards it. I just said that it irks my nerves. You You're the one that it bothers more than anybody. Can you just move him on, Hakeem? Thank you. Hold on for a second. So, gotta, like, um, explain the words that came out of your own mouth. I am explaining the right, words. I am explaining the words that came out of my own mouth. I said yes. It it, it irks me. It has no I have no animosity oh, towards anybody. I am I, I, I let everybody the they can do whatever they want. I hate the term. And, but I yes I do because it personally yeah, personally in my life and, uh, and are you are you are you are you black are you okay, a African American. It's are you an African American? Just answer the word. Are you an African American? What the Please fuck does that have to do with anything? Are you because he, like, because because then he would have the Jesus life experience Christ. and the knowledge of being in that, that community, right? And how, then I would know. Then how I these words and how this perspective right. and how these oh, things? No, no, not that you wouldn't that develop an opinion, but you would have a more insightful. You would have a more insightful. No, I wouldn't. Actually, I'm more knowledgeable than you are through experience because experience is 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 and knowledge together you hate a term gives you the ability to have an right to have insight on their own to define themselves in Correct. any way they want. Correct. And I made I a personal have that statement problem. that that, that, do. that I, I don't that have I that don't like problem. the term. You fucking do. Right. You, you don't have the problem because you're not so in that community yourself. because 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 you like you said you're you're not African. You're not black. You don't live in that community. You were never raised in that community. So now I don't have a relevant opinion about anything that goes on. You would tell me significant segment, and and then you would say, "Hey, man, yeah, dude, you're right. Maybe that is kind of segregating, like." You know, like running around, and we're all still using certain terminology. So if I were to answer yes, I am black, then all of a sudden, everything that you're saying would be discounted. Do you know how fucking stupid no, that is? No, no, that wouldn't be discounted. It, it would, and then you'd, it would see, you'd see, hey man, yeah, no, I've lived in the community, out of here. or I've been in this community, or I've experienced it because you know I'm also that color, and I understand and and I have a background of how, all of how things operate. About individual no, I'm not. I'm not. You're not an ambassador cool. for an entire segment of society. You're right. I am not, not an, ambassador an ambassador for every anybody. single body. This is this is more common sense and whatever words they kind want of, to use, yo. kind of put together. You're right. Everybody's in, they're titled to say and do whatever okay, they want. Okay, good. Let's just and, keep and it. I, and I welcome right. that. You Stop know, you're the one who kind of who asked me. What's the point? Who and why? If somebody I felt else says I hate the term black, and I'm trying to give you a deeper with that. Insight to Would how and why and the history behind it, if somebody says and how it's actually deeply American and they're not from in, Africa. In, in America, what, what, what was this? I'm sorry. What are you asking? A problem with what? Would you have a problem with somebody describing themselves as black? No, I don't care. You describe yourself no, at, at no. all. So why would you have a problem you know, with but, somebody describing themselves in some other fucking way if they fucking feel like it? Just stay the fuck uh, out of it. Let me define it. How well, hold on how about that? Because, because I gave you the insight Derek. of why, and Derek. then you're refusing you it. You're not even, you're not not even part of the community. Of you. You've never there lived there. You've never a... been a part of it. You, you have no Jesus idea of Christ. how we I have no idea. You're the one that was reading Immortal Techniques fucking lyrics the other day, and you butchered it like some dumb shit hick from the fucking sticks. There was... 
There right, that's because I, I have a brain injury. You've never heard the song. The fact, my, my, you're right. You're right. My I've never heard that song. are different you're from right. your experiences, but you don't run shit right. any more than I do. All right. This is fascinating. No, you're right. I don't run anything. I'm. We are all the same organic decaying fucking matter. Nobody's better than anybody. You're absolutely okay, fucking then, right. Then, We're then, all kings of nothing. And I, I, how about it, that? Oh my God! Put so away the hate. So specifically, you like focus on the word that I use. Yes. Oh my God! I dislike African American because I feel that it creates disunity. I feel that it creates separating people. This is about I individual. It, I feel that it's a, about I feel that it's a slave word. However they want, which you said you were in favor of, and now you're saying you're against it because it's a larger societal issue. So either, either you're in favor of people defining themselves on an individual basis or you are not. Walk the fucking talk, dude. You're right, the one so, putting words in my mouth and trying to misconstrue this. Just no, I'm using your exact words and you're contradicting better. yourself. That's you all know, it is. I'm not that's contradicting myself. That's, that's I have, on I'm you, entitled that's to my me. own opinion. And I mean, I could use, yeah, you are entitled, you know, and, entitled to a right, shitty exactly. fucking and I'm opinion. You know, this is what I stand for. What I stand for is complete freedom of speech, and then in my own opinion, I dislike this term, and I told you why, and I think how it creates disunity within a you community. Hate the term and you said it with a lot of malice. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I hate the term because I think it creates disunity, and then it creates exactly. hate. It creates malice inside people, fucking ideas and people of why you think people. it should be defined and, one way and, or another. And, 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 and it doesn't make any sense. You think at the expense of individual expression. That's what you're saying, and that's fine. No, I, I, don't pretend otherwise. I, I, don't see both think, things at the I, I same time and act like you're a fucking saying, ambassador to an entire okay. segment of the population. That's fucking goofy ass nonsense. Wow, you're really right. on one. I'm an ambassador of a population. Yeah, it's cool. We don't have to be right. fucking. Friends. That's all right, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I know that. I know that. I'm all not. Right. I, I have nothing to prove. But thank you, guys, you. thank uh, you for sharing your opinion and uh, welcome. welcome. Yep. There was God bless. God uh, bless. Later. America is free. Derek. Um, Rudy. What's up, man? So, um, let's see. <laughs> uh, Mark Snarf. I don't don't say God bless. Let's see. Oh my gosh. Oops. All right. Uh, anybody listening? If you want to see some nonsense, go to. Sorry, the Master of the Universe. Uh, Master of the Universe. Um, Rudy, uh, you're in the call queue. Do you have something to say? Um, oh, yeah, Chris, are we going to be meeting up today and then doing something tomorrow? I am. Uh, I have a client at 5 o'clock, so uh, Eastern time, so about in one hour. Yeah, man, um, let me eat, and then I'll come work out at the gym and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll nail some yeah, my stuff last down. Point uh, is that uh, I finish at seven thirty, so I go seven to seven thirty. Then we can roll out after that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Or I can, meet, or I can meet you later. Just let me know whatever, however you want to work it. So. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll come get a workout in, um, and then yeah, we got some plans for tomorrow. Um, All right. This chat room has now become. You know, and X-rated room, uh, snarf. <laughs> snarf, 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 snarf. What is wrong? <laughs> I don't understand. You, you guys are all crazy. Anyway, so as far as any of the, the stuff about race and labels and black and stuff like that, like I'm a person who none of that matters to. Like I don't care if you call me a nigger. 
as long as you just don't do it with malicious intent and you don't me do it neither all man exactly exactly um, it doesn't apply as to long me. As you don't, yeah as long as you and as long as you're not malicious about it, i could give a crap less what anybody calls anybody uh, the problem i th- with a lot of people with all the racist slurs is because people are taking them uh personally but it's difficult not to take things personally when the person saying it is using it in a very insulting way when you know that they have what's known as satsui no hadu, at least in the video game version, a movie version of a video game, uh, Street Fighter, which means murderous intent. So, you know, and I also say that in Japan, as the exact term is satsui no hado. So if, you, if somebody's talking at you with murderous intent and they're calling you some slur, then yeah, it's hard not to feel some kind of way because it's kind of frightening that somebody wants to kill you or that they hate you so much based on some way that you are that uh, they're, they're using a word with that kind of energy behind it. So yeah, but most of the, the stuff though, like I'm so, uh, I, I travel in like my own little universe. Like most of my life is like just this crazy construct that, is like in one sense I'm hyper vigilant and in the other I'm completely detached. I don't know what it is or how it happened, but it's a very interesting perspective to have. And you know, and then some events that occurred in the last few years also really changed stuff. So it's like I don't know. I don't, I, I feel like I, I for real feel like kind of like the feeling I think you would have if you transferred your body into an avatar, just like that movie. Like I'm, I'm lying down in some kind of booth somewhere and I've been, I projected my con, my consciousness. I love that movie. Brown, brown animal. Yeah. I'm just this brown animal. People call Hakeem running around fucking kicking people in the head and singing death metal and shit. Like I, it's just like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. I feel like I'm just a, a, a real me too. What's up? Did you finally decide to join the call? Rudy? Yeah, hey man. So I was listening to the whole thing going on, and you know, I was curious about something that Chris had said because I hear it often. Um, you were talking about how you fought so that people can, you know, live out their dream and do whatever they want to do, so Muslims can, you know, pray in the United States. Now, now, how do you see that you did that? Like, who did you fight so that? Muslims can be able to pray in the United States. Um, thank you for asking such an intelligent question. A lot of people don't ever get that deep, and I, I just I want to thank you. I, I'm just I'm smoking, so give me like two seconds, and I promise you I'll give you a, 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 a good, a real answer. So, um. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting to kind of know, like, for example, in my mind, um, there was like a Bond villain, and he has like the president of the United States daughter kidnapped and a bunch of other people in Congress and lawmakers, and is telling them that uh, if you let Muslims pray in the streets, I'm going to kill your children. And so they make the laws so that Muslims can't pray in the streets. However, I, the good G.I. Joe or Cobra uh, uh, defector that I am, go and take out this bad guy and rescue the children uh, with my small group of ragtag soldiers, my motley crew of fighters. And uh, we restore uh, the power that was usurped from the president and the Congress and lawmakers 
And so therefore, that's a way that I could directly see uh, how I would um, get uh, Muslims to free and pray in the streets once again. But that's science fiction. <clears throat> but you, Chris just said that you asked a serious well, question that nobody else asked. And he had well, that's what Chris had, Chris had said, that he had fought for Muslims to well, have we're gonna, the rights to... We're going to hear him now. Uh, yeah. here he, he's back. He's done from um, medicating, so what's up? Um, yeah, and this is just my, my personal experience. I honestly cannot speak for everybody. And I think I just lucked out with the right unit and the right deployment and the right mission. Like, seriously, because there's <clears throat> we're not a perfect country. Not everybody joined with the right intentions. I met a lot of people, even in basic, that were there just for the money or, you know, were there for just for that or just for this, you know. Um, and didn't really care, you know, necessarily what was going on in, 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 in other people's uh, countries on, an, on, a, on, a, on a deeper level. Uh, you know, but I was lucky enough to be with the 10th Cavalry and we were sent to Afghanistan and, and, and Western Afghanistan, nearly mainly near like Herat. So we, we covered this whole area. <clears throat> we took over for the 101st and they, they had about 6,000 people. We only had about uh, a little under, little under 700 people um, to cover the same, the same ground. And, um, you know, just like a lot of the people up there, the mountains, dude, like they don't have the ability to take care of their families. And then they have to do like shady dealings with the Taliban and they have to like sell their kids to get like sell a kid to get a goat to feed the rest of their kids because they don't have enough rubles and stuff, man. Um, but what, what my personal experience, what got me to join is, you know, I was I'm very punk rock. I don't think America is that great. I don't think the military is that great. It's kind of a fucked up wheel. Like just the way the I don't know. Anywho. You know, so I'm not crying about it because I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, but I, uh, back in the early 2000s, you know, or mid 2000s, there was a website called like Rotten.com. I don't know if it's up anymore, but the people used to like it was almost like a, a accessible dark web website, and people would put up fucking disgusting stuff. But some of it was people being skinned alive because they were Christians over here, over there, and 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 then Middle East in, in general by you know, the Taliban and ISIS and you know these other like fundamentalists and subsects and that's what made me want to join and to join and uh, uh in the certain uh job field that I did and I got lucky with being with the right unit on the right deployment because I don't agree with some of the things about Iraq and those other like that's a totally different thing I'm not even going to get into it I don't know the history of it I never speak on it I don't I, I just I I fit that the whole fucking crazy shit over there um, none of it was good for anybody, you know, and this, the, the chemical stuff and, you know, using depleted uranium is not good for either side. And there's a lot of, you know, just messed up things that happen in, 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 in general, you know, uh, but luckily enough, I was sent to Afghanistan where the history of the country and the history of the conflict and the things that's going on there with their, you know, economy and the culture and, you know, the way that what Russia did to them and how kind of the Taliban came in afterwards and how that's not how they want to live and they want to be free. And they actually, there was change while we were there and women had rights and women could go to school. And like, there was like this, like, you know, it took time, but it became this veil of allowing them to operate as they were. Because before Russia came in, people don't know, but Afghanistan had like people wore blue jeans, dude. Women wore tube tops and had purses and went to college. And then the Russians came in and 
cut all the trees down. People don't know this. Like there's not a single tree in Afghanistan that isn't on a mountain range or isn't on a mountaintop that couldn't be accessed. The Russians demoralized the Afghan people by cutting down every single tree in the entire country and putting a bunch of mines there. Like, um, you know, so that's, uh, I just got blessed that that's where God sent me. I mean, or, or the master of the universe sent me because I was supposed to go to Fort Drum and be with the, uh, to the 10th Mountain Division. And then the last minute, I got orders to go to Fort Carson to be with the 10th Cavalry. And then, like, nine months later, I went to Afghanistan, and I did my thing. And, um, like, you know, and it was not perfect over there. And, you know, we had a, a big waste of things. And, you know, we were not – we were just – you know, there's – it's war. Like, and, you know, we know who, who runs all that stuff. Not everybody has good intentions, and it's a whole it's a whole dang mess. Um, uh, but, I mean, a lot of the youth are pretty cool, like – I mean, I, I I learned the language before I left. I took a you know a seven hundred hour course uh, for ninety days that was backed by the Naval Academy to learn and le- learn how to uh, read, write, and speak. Uh, you know, uh, Dari. Um, you know, so I took it serious, and it, it I I I was there for you know if I was going to do this thing, and when you got to do it to to the extent of why you're there, you know, and and and, and you shouldn't be going with murderous intent. You should be going there with the intent of. Uh, giving people the, you know, the ability that the, maybe in a generation or so to have what their country used to have, you know, I mean, like I said, the history of Afghanistan is, is pretty rich. They used to have a lot of things in the seventies and eighties. And, uh, you know, before I've, uh, the Russians really messed up their country and let left them in turmoil. And now it's in such a sad state. People don't understand that it, that, that there are fifth world and sixth world countries out there. And most of Afghanistan is a fifth world country. Um, you know, and they could be a very, very rich, prosperous nation easily. You know, I mean, they have the resources and if we would have not had mismanagement and we could have invested in the people properly and, you know, other things and, you know, whatever else that, you know, probably wouldn't be in this mess, um, you know, but uh, that's just my personal experience. You know, like I, there's times I had women or children behind me and, you know, some of me and my guys were doing things and you're being shot at and you're getting these, these people out and you're getting them up a mountain range and, you know, they're in front of you because we're the shield and, um, you know, because it's, it's, you know, we're the one wearing body armor, you know, not them. They're wearing cloth, you know, like um, it, so there's it's there's just there was stuff like that that I, I saw and, you know, I may have you know participated in some other things and. Um, so I feel like that was there was some people out there who really who were really there because they wanted to be there. You know, they chose to be there because they knew where they wanted to be. And there's other people who were not like that. And they probably shouldn't have been the in, in the army, <laughs> you know, like so. But, yeah. Well, I guess that answers that. Anyways, um, I gotta shut this down because I have clients in 45 minutes. So, anyway, thank you, uh, you guys, for hanging out. I guess I'm gonna have to do a unique uh, part two, Unique Equilibrium Rock by Rolls, Fatal Roll. You can read about it in the comments. Uh, I might, I have to add a. Uh, uh, rating to begin with this because of some of the people in the comments. Oh, here's Rudy. Hold on. Let's see Rudy. I may have time. Hey. Am I on? Can you hear me? Yes, I, I can hear you, Rudy.
Yeah, not that the app glitched and, you know, it was, I could have fixed it earlier, but I wanted to hear all of what Chris had to say. Um, you know, can, can I, can I ask um, shorter questions, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to kind of give you some background of my own personal standpoint no, so that you could, you know, yeah. ask the questions that you're going to ask now. Exactly, exactly. No, this is nice. Um, so why could you tell us again why you joined the army? Like what to what extent you believe it is a good thing? To what extent you thought like there was mismanagement and stuff? And like ultimately you must have thought that this is, we do more good than we do bad. And so then you joined. It is like, how could you explain like how you went about deciding and what was your thinking behind it? Yeah, yeah, and I'll keep it real short. So so I saw that those videos and that's what sparked me to leave my really good like paying welding job because I was still in high school. And I just got my uh, certificate to learn how to weld on, um, like, to do shipyard work for the Navy. So it was, like, really high paying. Um, but I was working on open pit mining equipment from the company called Liebherr. They're mm. a German mining company. Um, but, yeah, so I saw some of those videos, and I was already had a, a, a kind of a punk rock mindset. So I didn't necessarily agree with uh, the war or, you know, I don't think America's perfect. And, you know, I understood, you know, that, you know, that I already kind of already knew what was going on. I, you know, I knew that there's mismanagement and oh, this and right, that, but right. you know, like I, 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 I per, you know, I was kind of like that, that sparked me when I honestly saw that they were like, dude, I'm not going to get into detail because it's no. highly disgusting. But, like they I literally were, they had a video of like, of like them skinning uh, Eastern, you know, Middle Eastern people, alive that were Christians. Like they were speaking and saying, Hey, because they're Christians, we're doing this and blah, blah, blah. Like that's what got me to, to to, the spawn me to say, Hey man, regardless of how bad I know the military might be right. Like somebody has got to go with their, with the right intentions of trying to do something about the Christians uh, being skinned uh, alive, about anybody being skinned alive because it was the difference of it was they were using the minute difference of religion or skin color or whatever to to justify the heinous act of doing that to any can human I, being. Can I ask another question? Is it is it the, the the skinning people? Is that the problem that you have with their activities? Uh, I I'm mean, I, 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 I think it was just the the sheer level of of violence against somebody for a, a minute difference. Mm. Um, who, who is, who's like in your own community, you know, they're supposed to be your brethren. Okay. Can, um, so can, can I ask you another thing? Cause like, yes, I've, I've heard the, the argument that it, because these people are your brethren and you're gassing your brethren, therefore, like no matter what the United States has done to the Iraqis and all of these things. At least we don't do that to our brethren. Therefore, you guys are worse than we are. Like, is this is that something that you agree with? Is that that kind of like rhetoric or you know that argument? Is that one that seems like I, I don't know because like no, so, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I think it's all heinous. 
I think right. that there's things that shouldn't be done on either side. Like, you know, I'll never speak on it because, like, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, put anybody under the bus or get them in trouble. But like I said, I met some people and saw some things that was like, yo, dude, how did you fucking, how did they let you get here? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, and that's, and that's part of the machine because not everybody's there for the right reason. You okay. know, like not by no means. And I, and that's probably on both sides, right? Because every, you know, cause you have your own type of indoctrination that may come from what, you know, whether you're American or you're Afghani or you're this or you're, you know, Israeli or you're French or you're, I, you know, I, British or. I'm telling you, like, I got a lot of questions that I want to ask you. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out though, like, how, so you're like, something's got to be done about these people that are skinning these people for like the dumbest reasons. And I'm trying to, and then I, from what I understand, at some point you decided, you know, there is shit going on in the U.S. military, and you decided that you didn't want to look deeper. Do, did I understand that correctly? Like, you, the, you're not really interested in like how fucked up the U.S. military is. Is that is that correct or is that incorrect? Um. Yeah. No. I think. I think. I think that's correct. Like. I think. I. You know. I kind of being from. You know. Having a punk rock mindset. Kind of being clued in. I already knew that there was corruption and mismanagement and waste. And you know, because it happens on like every single level, right? Like, and we have history but, no, showing. No, no, I don't care about the that, that. 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 I'm, that I'm, like, I care that, about like, okay. the killing the killing people, not the mismanagement and all of the stuff. Yes, it's fucked up that they're taking our money and waste, burning it somewhere, but. It would be different if they were just burning it, but they're burning it by burning people. So, like, that's the kind of stuff because we're talking about the violence, that, and that's the, what you really didn't like. You didn't care about the mismanagement of the the Afghani, you know, ruling class. What you cared about was this, the the skinning people. And so, when we tortured folks, that what was your reaction to that? Did you join the other army so that you could? Because when we tortured folks, we we had them do all. They did shit to the Iraqi people that they did to black people. They would have them on their toes for a very, very long time. You know, like just the grossest of things. And this is like, again, this is thing that they did to your brethren. But like you weren't. I, I'm just I'm not judging. I'm just trying to figure out. Because I've oh, never, oh, I, I, I see. Really I, I see. I, I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You're, you're saying yeah. uh, so some of the things that. That um that America that that like that that, that America did in general and during like interrogations on 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 our side is what you're speaking of. Yeah, I mean this this I don't know if you call those interrogations, but like, right, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. The, the, no, the no, no, no. I don't think any of that shit's okay either. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I, I didn't. No, no. I don't think. Um, I th- no, like once again, mismanagement, right? There's no oversight. Like you don't really know who, like you, you can't just, you know, there's you can't just grab somebody, you know. I mean, and, and the, I mean, look, look, I mean, I, I, look, I, I love America. I, I, I think, I, I think, I think things is, are good here, but like, but like, oh, I know, yeah, it is a bad word, but I mean, what I was gonna say is like, look, man, the very even the like the last closing day. Somehow the guy who's running the president somehow still doesn't have good information and somehow all this other shit happened. And so it's like, dude, there's too much somehows going on here, you know? And like, I, I agree. It's not, no, I don't think, I think, I think there's not, um, yeah, there, there's just, no, there's, there's certain, there's a certain level of things that shouldn't be done to people in general. Um, and yeah, no, that's why I didn't, I, I didn't never participated in those things. I don't, I don't, that's why I was already, previously not okay with what was kind of going on you know before joining 
because I, uh, you know, I kind of saw how things progressed. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was never for George Bush. You know, I wasn't for the Iraq war. Like, that's why I kind of said I had some insight on it. Like, Hey, I know they were like, you were using a depleted uranium and we're doing this and we're doing that. And like, right. none but of that's that good. That's no, and, and none of that's good for either side. Like, like, no, like none of that solved anything. Like we like yeah, that. None of that. Like, and, one thing, one thing got you joining us. Cause like some of us was fence-sitters and I'm not saying that we're better people. I'm just one, but I, I, I know it's personal. I gotta be honest. I do feel like being a fence sitter in this sense is better because the thing is, if I had to join an army, I'm afraid that it'd be the, uh, the other army because I just weigh out people's lives. And I think the United States has been responsible for millions. And I think of all the violent ways that we have killed people by landmines, by just bloody massacres, by giving them to the worst of terrorists, we we would we would we would give people to the skin the people that skin people. Like we we gave the black towns in Libya to the racist terrorists. So like, if I were to join a group, it would be a deal. But you decided I'm not gonna be a spencer on this. Something has outraged me in the way that these other people act. And just I just look at American history and I just I look at much, much worse. And so it just doesn't make sense that mismanagement I, is the I, thing that I, I, I agree with you and, and 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 I think that's why I was saying I got so blessed that I was actually sent to Afghanistan and not elsewhere because I think I would probably feel differently right now. You know, and I talked to some of my guys you know who served in Iraq. You they think um, the Afghani that. women they are not, better they off? are not currently Mm, no, okay. No, so the, no, the, no, 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 before, I mean, not currently. <laughs> no, hold up. Uh, so before, let's, so from what I understand, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, from what I understand, since we invaded Afghanistan, the Taliban's have gotten stronger. Is that correct or is that incorrect? I mean, I think since, I think since we've left, yeah. And, and I mean, I think, I think in the possibly, Maybe in the last few years of the war. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just going to give you the knowledge that I know because I'm not, I, I, I'm not sure. But that's some of the mismanagement that I'm talking about. Because even when I was there, they like we were talking, we were supposed to be disposing of vehicles and breaking stuff down. Like some things just didn't happen. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. But at this point, it's definitely not, not okay. But before we left, I think that. Um, but that's what I'm challenging. I think that if if it if it would have became like a duty station, you know, where there's just a minimal support force, and we let them do their own thing, I think we had gotten to a point where we didn't really need to be involved. We were just allowing mm-hmm. them to operate how they wanted to operate pre Russia, mm-hmm. um, which is what they want. Um, and uh, you know, unfortunately, that the ball was dropped. I mean, I I, I try to. Uh, not use names or be on either side or or not because I I I try to I believe in what's more in right instead of left or right. I know people in America use a lot of politics to separate, and I I just think that there's just uh, what's right and wrong. You know, we kind of all know it. Some people but, just choose not to do so, it. Okay, okay. Um, like, would so you would say that our invading Afghanistan was right? Would you Would you agree with that? Yes or no? Um. The way that we went into Afghanistan, I'm yeah. not necessarily going to say yes, you know, because I think uh, the way that everything was kind of going on back then, 
a lot of it was kind of loosely handled and, you know, the others kind of putting people wherever. And, but at least, you know, we were, you know, we did work with the rebels. We were kind of trying to, you know, do it the right way and some other things. I don't, I don't, I don't think things were handled right. That's why I said, I feel like there's a lot more proper things done from when we got there until when we left, we wouldn't be in the situation because they would have had, you know, actual foundations and actual schools and, and, you know, industries to create, you know, advanced jobs. And cause it, you know, not. Um, it's, can, can I jump in for a second? Because I mm-hmm. have heard and maybe I'm wrong that when um, we invaded Afghanistan, that the Taliban's got even stronger. Is it so? You're saying that that's not true. When we first did, um, right? Like, I am not a I, I'm not a historian because I'm I'm a young guy. I was very young when that happened, and right. I haven't done a lot of digging into it. But I mean, it sounds like it, it could be possible, right? I mean, if we're first going in there. You know, we're kind of going there with a small force. I mean, yeah, it's going to, you know, with all the other, you know, the atmosphere at the time, of course, I feel like there would be an influx of people that would either be migrating there or joining up from there or um, et cetera. Um, so, so, yeah, possibly. And then, you know, maybe at, I, I do know we had them, you know, of course, all but down at a weakened point and, this, uh, the, you know, they were kind of taking their own country back they may have have corruption in the government whatever whatever that's their own thing um but at least they were they were getting back to where they wanted to be maybe in a generation or two they could have got back to pre-russia so you you talk about like indoctrination and i've been shocked at the amount of indoctrination that's where that's why it didn't work because we went in there with american mindsets and we were just trying to dump money on people and yeah go ahead my thing is like I look at what I think sometimes and I inspect and I find that there's a lot of shit in there just bad just just all horrible thinking um and I was wondering like how did you how do you know that you're not indoctrinated before you go to this war what were your resources what told you what the Afghans wanted and what because for what I've heard is that the Afghan government invited the Russians in so, and it doesn't seem like that's what you believe in. So I was wondering, where did you learn your stuff? Like, how do you know you're not? Well, well gentlemen, Weather. we're going to have to right. pick yeah, that up I mean, another time. Maybe. Let's hold that question. Yeah. I got to, no, sorry, Chris, I really can't uh, continue the room. Please, gentlemen, let's continue this again. I have to go to Thank the gym. You. Chris, you're going to have to meet me there. Um, no, but seriously, uh, Rudy. I will invite you back on, Chris. You guys keep those questions on hold. This is uh, interesting. I'm going to hold another room with the same name, and I'll invite you because I'm going to – I usually just start, and I don't expect anybody to show up because I just have a point of why I'm doing everything that I do. Um, <clears throat> but I'm glad that you guys come in because it also uh, forwards my own agenda, which I'm glad that you guys are able to have conversations. So um, – Anyway, Chris, I got to go. Uh, I'll see you at the gym if you're coming by there. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm going close, to close with two words and we're out of here. Um, so uh, the way that I know that the Afghan people wanted that is because every single person I spoke to, young and old, that's what they told me. They wanted to go back to pre-Russia when they could wear blue jeans and go to college and wear tank tops and wear tube tops. And uh, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was told by thousands of people over the year I was there. 
Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, Derek. I'm not. I, I, I actually. Um, Derek, you're, you're always stirring it up. Um. Derek says. Um. Rudy attempting to communicate with people in a respectful way that includes cogently expressing his opinions, wisely seeking the opinions of others, digging for truth, and patiently steering around bullshit. Fuckers on Colin. Fuck all that. <laughs> and with that, folks, thanks for sticking around. We'll do it again. Um, I gotta go to the gym and train people. Um, uh, y'all have a good one, Chris. I'll see you later. Take care, everybody. <clears throat>